Blog Talk Radio. that shit off. Over the next few hours. 
So without further ado, let's go out to your calls. Again, the number is 563-999-3633. That's 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad. If you want to come on the show, that'll put you in the queue. We bring you on in the order you landed in the queue. For the second straight week, our friend Greg is not number one. He's slipping. I will tell you, tonight it looks like he's number three. So first, we're going to go back to the scene of the crime. We're going to visit Tallahassee, Florida, where you are now live from the 850 on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Hey, what's up, man? It's great to be a Kane. Great to be a Kane. Yes, sir. This is Omar. Hey, what's up, Omar? How's it going? How's it going? Yeah, I had to come back since I was since the, the system messed up last week. I said I had to get it back. <laughs> so I'm back at the scene of the, the scene of the crime. But man, I enjoyed that game. When I say that, it was a great game. Like just defensively, it was a great game. It really was. Like we we hold. I, I'm, I'm so proud of our defense, even though you know. Like, they were giving up a lot of runs, but it was like being but no break. They left with three points in the half. Like, I know that did a lot for our confidence. And I'm going to just get straight to my points. Uh, I want to give a bravos and shout-out to Barrios, man. That man came through. He laid it all. He laid it all on the line with that game, like, he really came through for us. If he didn't make those key pay plays that he made, we would have never had a chance. Like he really, he got his wings on that game. On that game, he really did. Yeah, you I were at the game, right? His you yeah. were there, right, Omar? I think I remember seeing you before the game, right? Yes, yes, I was. There. All right, so you didn't. Yeah, yeah so you up. didn't get a chance. You didn't get a chance to to. I don't know if you got a chance to watch a replay on TV or whatever. But before the team came out of the tunnel, uh, Barrios mm-hmm. was out was out mm-hmm. front of everybody and he, and he was like, you know, pretending like he was like a caged lion, you know, trying to burst into the stadium and, and Gus Felder, the strength coach was sitting there holding him back and the team was going nuts in the tunnel. And it was, uh, it was, it was really a cool little scene. And uh, then they finally said Miami could come on the field and Barrios went out there in a full sprint. And uh, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he, 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 was oh, extra keyed up he, he, game. He, brought, I mean, he brought the heart. He brought the heart. He really did. And he set the tone, I think, for, for just about everybody on the team, you know, I mean, and, and that's, that's really what you look for from your senior leaders, in all honesty. Uh, you know, he'd been through it. He'd lost three times to Florida State. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. It was you know, all those guys, him, 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 him Omar, um, yeah, and Herndon, Herndon had been in the same type situation, and those guys, like, coaches would try to take him out of the game to give him a blow. They refused to come out. I mean, Mark Rick told yeah. today that, that Chris Herndon took that. almost every rep on, on on offense the other day, and, and yeah. they couldn't get him to come out of the game and take a rest. So, um, you know, just a tribute to all those guys that they got the monkey off their back. And, and I'm going to tell you what, Omar, this stuff tends to go in cycles, okay? And I, and, I, and I think that we can see just a little bit of a transition going on here. Miami got very close to winning this game the last couple of years, and they lost very close games. And then this year – they, the, 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 um, it kind of swung back in their direction. They got the breaks at the end. They made they the breaks at the, the end. They closed, they closed the gap. The gap and, and they won the game, Omar. And Florida State had been doing that the last few years. And uh, 
I'm sensing a little bit of a recognition of that. There's a little, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a recognition in Tallahassee. And, you know, just like as Miami fans, we saw what was going on with the hurricane program through the Al Golden years and things yeah, just weren't and that's right. The thing. That's, you know, I had to really break down the science to a couple of these Florida State fans. So, you know, that's the first thing they reached for. Oh, uh, well, we beat y'all for seven years, you know. But I broke down the history. Like, if you go back before they won those seven games, we was up like 15, 15 wins on them. And then so, yeah, so they won their seven, and now we uh, we was – and they closed the gap then because it was like 31 to 23 at one point. And then they won seven and made it 31 to 30. And this one, if they won, it was tied the, the game. But now we're up, you know, by two games. So we had well, a big lead on them. You know, I'm I'm sensing a little nervousness up there. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of talk that they think Jimbo Fisher needs to replace some coaches and change up his coaching staff. Very similar to what we used to hear down here um, with previous head coaches like you know Al Golden and and um, and Randy Shannon, and um, they're a little nervous yeah. that things are slipping up there and that things are going in the wrong direction. Um, I don't have the number in front of me, but they've lost a lot of football games um, in in the last year or so. And uh, so it could be swinging in the Hurricanes' direction because by no stretch of the imagination do I think that what we saw Saturday night is the best that you're going to see from Miami as these years continue to progress, as they continue to recruit the way they're recruiting. Um, I don't think even – as far as this year is concerned, I don't think the defense has really hit its stride yet. I, I think you're seeing some improvement in the secondary. Um, at yeah, least, you know, until Shelford Redwine got hurt. Yeah, they are. Dee Delaney's playing good football now. I don't think oh, the front seven has even begun. That. I don't think the front seven's begun, Omar, to do what they're capable of doing. I mean, you know, hopefully they, they'll be ready to do a lot better this week against this running Georgia Tech team. But uh, I, I think yeah. that the Hurricanes are a team on the rise, and the Seminoles are kind of um, in a little bit of a floundering limbo. situation right now. Yeah, they're, they're in limbo right now because there's just too many unanswered un- pieces. Like, they got, a, they got a good offense. They got a good defense. But I think, it's like you said, it's a couple coaching that needs to be moved. I think they need to find a new offensive line coach, being honest. And, and probably – I would say, well, defensively, they're like they're they're good. It's mostly on the offensive side that they need to make some changes up. But um, enough about them. Um, yeah, another thing I want to give my hats off to D Delaney and Jackson, Mike Jackson. Those two boys came through. I know those two picks that they called that for a cornerback that do so much for your confidence. Them boys now feel like they got these beat up under one by playing for the state, you know, you know you that's high caliber. So that right there when you feel like you're gonna see what best and you're gonna see, it gives you another another you know, inch on your on your confidence belt, you know, as in what you can do and, you know, just calms you down. So I think those boys really uh, they really you know, they came through for us with those two picks. Definitely, because that could have been a field goal, both of those, if they would have been caught passes. But, yeah, they really did. And uh, somebody that needs to, man, he went ghost on us. Uh, Jacqueline Johnson, he went ghost at that game. And I really need to see more out of him. If he's, you know, supposed to be 
this summer he was like the only returning and other than red wine. Red wine, he's another one that I say need to step up a little bit, but it's almost some that thing of like you're getting the most potential out of somebody. Sometimes you just reach people's ceilings. And I think that may be what it might be because red wine, he's good, but I just I don't like how how he for one he he killed me when you let the running back boom me on the sideline and you know he trying to hit the man and he the man lit, delivers the blow. To I don't him. think you I don't and think then, you can blame him for that. He got caught off nah, off guard nah, by that Omar. I mean that caught him, that caught him a little off bit off guard. Yeah, he was expecting was to be the guy. Yeah, yeah, but he he, he, he was expecting to be the guy making the tackle, not not that not yeah, not the, the running back coming after him. But let me say this, Omar. Yeah. We talked about it before the season, okay? And you know, you had Jaquan Johnson who was being asked to be a front line safety for the first time. There's a difference. Yeah. There's a difference between being yeah. a spot nickel a nickelback and now being asked to be an every down starter at safety. I mean, it's a huge difference. Okay, you, yeah. you red wine was a cornerback last year, had never played safety, and he was being asked yeah. to do it for the first time. So, like, yeah. neither you and, nor and me. And I'm going to say, honestly, or, yeah, it's really, it is what it is. Like, he really, I don't care what nobody say, he's a nickel, he's a corner. From the day he got on campus, I always I don't know that he's a corner, cornerback. He, he, but, but, but I, he, you know, he I really mean, is, he's being man. asked See, to do something he's never done. That that he's playing is like a ball hawk position. You get two safeties. One is going to be your – your more, you know, your your strong safety that's come up make the tackle, and the other safety should be your free your free safety that move around ball hawk. He's not a ball hawk, so it's like you playing that position. You got to be a ball hawk. You got to have like the best hands on the team to play that free safety, because it's like you all over the field and you got to have speed. He's you know he's fast enough, but and then when it comes to making those plays, he got a ball that he posted caught last game. It was supposed to be yeah. a pick, and he dropped it. But, but you I know, just, I just, what, I, what I'm getting at, Omar, is neither you nor me nor anybody listening tonight or anyone else out there should be surprised that there's up-and-down moments for the safeties. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then when, when Redwine gets hurt, yeah. it, gets, it obviously gets worse. And now you have to put Robert Knowles out there, who also has never done it before, who, you know, a lot yeah, of people – you know, the question, reason why we got whooped. Yeah, he was, he yeah. Well, he got beat for two touchdowns. Time. Yeah, yeah. So, he was like, you know, he was trying to play the run too much. Like, yeah, he, yeah. he was out yeah. of position. I think he needs to go over the point, or something. Because he don't the have point that mind is, to be free. The the point, Omar, is that you know it's not a surprise, okay, that those guys are struggling a little bit, and and that's yeah. it. Just it just is what it is, and it's it's gonna yeah. you know probably that's continue to be a work in progress. Yeah, that's one of those you got to wait till the recruits get it in because it's like it's just one of them things you can't replace. But um, let me see what else I want to say uh, about Homer or whatever and about Mark Walden. Yeah, I, I really feel bad about him going down, man. That's a big loss, you know, big loss. But I'm going to tell you something. When Homer got in that game, I don't know if they was just tired, but he hit that hole hard and he made weight. That first play, he got like eight yards, just hit that hole and go. He don't dance like Walton do. You know, I I know Walton is the better back when it comes to overall just vision and, you know, learning the play and being able to be an overall back. But as far as just running, 
full head of steam, I think he might have something on Walsh. And I think we he might be this running problem might be a silver lining. With us switching up these back, you might really see what these boys got now. And they might well, step up even no more they would because they feel that it's an opportunity for, you know, a bigger role. So you, you get guys to step up a little more when they know that the big man, the, the number one is out. Now it's like, oh, I got to go in beast mode. I got to show them what I got. Yeah, well, I well Trayon Gray had his best day of practice in a year and a half today, according to Thomas They Brown. said he took the brace off. He took the brace off. My boy finna come out, and he going to show up. Hey, I like Gray, man. I always liked Gray. I just wanted it. He, he's like he got all the physicality, the size, speed, but he just can't never put it all together. When that boy turned beast mode and actually started trucking people and, and using his hands and stiff-arming people, He's going to be something to work with, but he just got to get that. He's like that big man that rocks receiver at 6'5", but play like he's 5'9". You know, you got to play your size. Like, you that big. Stop trying to run away from people and deliver the blow sometimes, and then you get to that third quarter with the psyche now, and they want to, is you going to deliver the blow or shake them? And then when you get in their head like that, they they stop trying to hit you that much. But you don't, All right, you don't get well. the psyche. I'm just saying you can walk around Tallahassee with your head up for the next year. Oh, man, you can it's wear, so quiet. You can wear it's your so Miami quiet. shirt. It's like, a, it's, it's like a vacation spot, man. It's like a vacation. It's your Ain't town now, Omar. <laughs> yes, it's your sir. town, yes, you all right? Can, yeah, man, so, go ahead and put me back on mute. You got it, man, and, 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 and enjoy the moment up there because uh, it's been a long time coming, and I know there's several Hurricane fans, many that call the show that live up in the Tallahassee area, and uh, – They've uh, had to stomach a lot of pride for the last seven years, and uh, that was a big win up there on Seminole Turf on Saturday night. Now they get to walk around and have bragging rights up there, and uh, I can only imagine how good that feels. All right, the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 407. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello? That's you. Who's this? All right. Hey, what's Earl, up? Earl. Oh, hey, Earl. How are you doing tonight? Not too bad. Not too bad. I'm hanging in there. Um, first of all, it's about time, about damn time. Um, it's been long overdue. Um, I think um, for the past, what, three years or so, uh, what happened What happened on Saturday typically happens to us. Um, and it, it, it feels good that we were able to actually finish the game for for um, for a change. Um, I think we played well overall. Um, like like some have already been saying, I think our defense needs to stop giving up these long runs. I, I think our linebackers too sometimes are way too aggressive. I understand that's how man D as a defense is. That's how we want to be. Um, but we got to be a, a little bit more disciplined against teams like Florida State. Um, and especially teams like um, Clemson, if we, you know, because it looks like that's who we're, if we continue on, you know, doing what we're doing, we're eventually going to be playing Clemson. And we cannot play um, run defense like that and expect to, and expect to beat Clemson. I, I, that I know for sure. Um, I'm, I'm well, they I, got, I've been positive. Go they ahead, got some go big ahead. challenges. They got big challenges before you even start thinking about Clemson. And, and yeah, it's I, one of them. I know that. I know. I, I, 
Well, yeah, you know, I know one that's some challenges, for starters. I think Notre Dame is another, obviously. Virginia I'm Tech. I'm not worried obviously. about Georgia Tech. I'm not worried about Georgia Tech. The only two teams that I'm really concerned about right now is Virginia Tech, like you said, and Notre Dame. It's those two teams. Um, I'm not worried about Georgia Tech. I, I think um, they are a good team. Now, I'm not putting anything past them. But those are if, if I had to rate the top teams that I'm worried about on the schedule that remains on the schedule, it's Notre Dame and, um, and Virginia Tech. And we play, we actually play all of those teams on the road. The next toughest game, it's not even a tough game anymore. North Carolina, I don't know what's going on with them. Um, that's our next road game, and then we have Pittsburgh at the end of the year. Um, those are the only two road games we have left. You know, so um, if we can't beat Georgia Tech at home, uh, I mean, I think I think the key will be, I think the key will be um, the offense has to help the defense. That's the, that's going to be the key. Our offense is going to have to help the defense because if we let Georgia Tech um, control the clock, and which they which they typically will do. Um, then we're going to have a long game. But I'm still not worried about them. I'm, I'm just going to be I'm not worried about Georgia Tech. Um, and you're right. We got we got a lot of big fishes to, to still deal with before we get to Clemson. But I'm just saying, if we continue down the path we're going, then Clemson is who we're going to be, you know, end up seeing. And, um, but anyway, I just feel like and, – and now one thing that I do want to say about some of my, my, my fellow Hurricane fans, and even you guys sometimes, even you, I ain't going to be fun, even you, uh, is the negativity. It's always so negative with, with, with the fan base. It's like, you know, because uh, the truth is in any game, any football game, when you look at football game, I, I hate it when you, from the jump, fans are already talking about, oh, blah, blah, this, they need to fire um, um, such and such, blah, in the first quarter. You know, cause I, and I'm going to go by experience. Last year I went to the um, – I went to the um, – uh, um, to the bowl game in Orlando and there was a fan sitting behind me and all he was doing in the first quarter was complaining. And I had to shut him up. I had to tell him, man, look, man, I'm tired of you fake fans. Always complain. It's the first quarter. Last time I checked football was four quarters long. Now if in the fourth quarter, this is still going on. Then you complaining or whatever you want to do. Then, okay, you got mad. But in the first quarter, come on, man, chill. But isn't, isn't living and dying with every play part of being a fan sometimes? Like, I know a lot of people that are like that. I'm, you know, I'm sitting there in the I, press box in the, in the first half the other day, Earl, and, and my phone was going absolutely insane with fans texting me with, with, you know, all sorts of panic about the game. I'm like, I think that's part of being a passionate fan. I, hey, um, I'm, a, I'm as passionate as they come when it comes to the U, when it comes to the Dolphins, when it comes to the Heat. It, I'm, I'm as passionate when it, as it comes, but I, I I just feel like some fans either they've never played sports or they forgot what it was like when they played sports. It's never been about how you start; it's how you finish. It's never been about how you start. For the past three years, we've lost because we weren't able to finish. That's the reason why we've lost in the past three years. And finally, on Saturday, we actually finished. You know, you don't have ups and downs in a game. You think Alabama plays perfect all the time? They don't play perfect. You know, and, and, and you know, no team plays perfect. No team. You know, so but the but the difference between a, a great team and, and, and a mediocre team is those who learn how to finish. Those who can go through adversity and learn how to finish. And I think we're starting to learn how to do that. You know, um, many can argue the fact that we went through the hurricane in that situation. 
has probably made us a little bit stronger as a team, in my opinion. You know, I think that the, the, the team, like a lot of Florida State, for instance, I have um, coworkers who are Florida State fans. They feel like Jimbo Fisher is losing this. They feel like that's what's going on right now. They feel like he's, he's going to lose his team and blah, blah, blah. I doubt right now that anybody can say that the, that the um, players at the University of Miami, that um, Coach Rick is losing that team. I think they have the utmost respect for Coach Rick, especially for what he did in hindsight. One of the one of the pictures that they showed, because I didn't even know it was that bad, um, before the game was how um, Coral Gable was, was destroyed by the hurricane. I don't know if you saw that picture, or you should know, because you probably you know you you live closer down there or not. You there every day. Was how bad it was. But before that happened, you had selfish fans, people you know, and, and, and other people from other teams talking about oh, Coach Rick this, Coach Rick that. Why did he cancel the game? Why they did this? The man knows the team better. And the fact that he actually put his uh, uh, um, the families ahead of a game speaks volumes, and I think a lot of players and a lot of recruits see that, and they and they would want to play for a coach like that. And I don't I don't know if somebody's talked about this in the past or whatever, because I'm a couple weeks later, I'm a, a couple weeks late, but I you know I just something I wanted to mention. You know I think we need to stop as fans stop being so negative in the first quarter. You know, I mean, the game is going to have ups and downs. When I saw that run, that long run by, um, what's their running back name, Patrick, with that first run, I was like, okay, all right, let's see if he continues to do this for the first um throughout the game. I wasn't panicking. I, I wasn't saying, oh, a 60-yard run or a 40-yard run. Look what the defense did. Did they score on that drive? No, they did not. You know, they didn't score on that drive. So, you know, it's stuff like, you know, we gotta we got to keep things in perspective. And, 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 and as fans, let's be reasonable. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not going to be perfect. You know, if you ever played any kind of sport, nothing is ever perfect. You know, football is ups and downs. Basketball, ups and downs. It's can you finish? And we finished on Saturday. That's all I got yep, to say. All right, Earl. And can, 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 keep, 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 me on, uh, keep me on. You got it. Thank you uh, for being part of the show and uh, great points. All right. Five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to Greg in the eight four five. You're live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Greg? All right, Gary. I must be slipping like Jimbo Fisher. But anyway, <laughs> no, I, I I think I think people got their sights on you though, and they're calling they're calling in early because they want to beat you to the punch. <laughs> okay. All right, by the way, I, I just wanted to let you know, since the beginning of the 15 season, Miami and Florida State have the same exact record, 21-9. and nine. Jim yeah, well, Fisher had, had 11 five-stars on his roster this, this weekend. We had one. I think uh, he's in a little trouble there. Well, he's not in trouble because he makes a boatload of money. He's, he's got total job security. Well, that's trouble. If, if, they, if, they start, if they start complaining about him too much up there, he's going to go and replace that Orgeron at LSU. So, um, okay. but, but, you know, there, are, there is a little bit of a panic starting to set in up there and a lot of noise that they think Jimbo needs to make some, some changes to his coaching staff, obviously, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I thought their players on defense played pretty well the other day. I think Miami just made some good plays. I mean, the the winning touchdown was against the, their best cornerback. I mean, that's not uh, Charles Kelly's fault, the defensive coordinator. I mean, um, Rozier and Langham made a great play. Uh, you're right. Uh, 
I want to uh, thank uh, Brad Kaya for uh, leaving for the NFL because there's not a chance he would have made those two drives at the end. And so he never did it on the road. He, I just think Rosier has got a little it in him. He makes plays. You weren't saying that when he threw the interception, were you? <laughs> were okay. You, Everybody you, was only you, 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 were you, you, were throwing, you were throwing shoes at your TV set, weren't you, Greg? Tell the truth. Uh, I don't know. Kaya threw his share into six. He did the yeah. same thing. Did, did, did the absolute right. same thing in the game last year, obviously. But, uh, I mean, you're right. Malik is really rising to the occasion. He's, he's playing, you know, 90% of the time he's playing extremely high-level football and way beyond, I think, what most people probably from him coming into the season. And, you know, nothing but kudos to the kid. I mean, you're really seeing this across the board on this team, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. You're seeing Berrios rise to the occasion, play great. Whenever he gets opportunities, Herndon's doing what you would think Herndon should be able to do. Um, you know, Amon Richards has been phenomenal. Um, Berrios has been off the charts. Uh, you know, tr- we, we talk about Travis Homer now coming in as a starting running back. I mean, as the backup running back, could he have possibly been any better? Uh, now, you know, this is a whole new deal, you know, and people have seen me saying that over and over on the message boards. It's no different than asking Jaquan Johnson to go from being a really good nickel back to being a full-time every down safety. I mean, it, it's a bigger deal than the people have a tendency to give it credit for. And, and this is a big deal now asking him to go – from being a backup who carries the ball three, four times a game um, and focuses mostly on special teams to being the, the running back, you know, right out of the tunnel and, and, and being the guy that's being counted on every single play, who's got to be sound and blocking. He's got to pick up the blitzes. He's got to do, you know, do, do the right thing on every single play. And, and it's a big deal. And we'll see how he does. The coaches think he's ready for it. They, they've been very happy with the way he's been playing. Um, but there, you know, there's some pluses and minuses that come come into whenever you lose a player like Mark Walton. All right, um, Georgia Tech. This is their first real road game this year. They've uh, they played three at home and one in the Georgia Dome. There, they gave up 42 points to Tennessee. You see what Tennessee is this year? They're terrible. I think we should score a lot in this game. I would agree. You all, and, it's hard uh, to score a lot unless your defense is playing really well. But I think the defense will be ready for these guys. You know, it, yeah. the, the the linebackers haven't really played a great game yet this year. This is their week. Uh, maybe you could explain, ask Manny Diaz this sometime. Last, on the final drive for Florida State, uh, we sacked them on first down. He's second and 17, and he sends a blitz and leaves the whole middle open, and they get 15 yards back on the next play. He, he's a little overzealous with that blitz, I believe. And it doesn't and get there a lot. And, and you, know, what you, you know, Manny's done great here, but that, that's been when, when people have knocked him through the years and when he hasn't been successful earlier in his coaching career, that was usually what people pointed to. And uh, he does love to blitz and he loves to attack. And uh, sometimes people think that he, he can overdo it. And maybe you're right about that particular play. But look, I mean, if you reflect back on what this 
Canes Nation was dealing with on the defensive side of the ball for the last five, you know, five years before uh, Manny got here, and 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 you compare it to the way they're playing defense now, and not always perfect, but my God, it's like, isn't it night and day? And and wouldn't you rather see them go down if they're going to go down, go down attacking and 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 being aggressive than than what you know you were watching for the, all those years? Yeah, I, I I I would, but I'd like to see him mix it up a little more. Yeah, anyway, you know, there's times my... there's times where you're probably right, where you know, but but like I said, that's been that's been what Manny's been for his whole career, and I think he's huh? he's 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 rolled it back a lot since he came to Miami, and I uh, attribute that to his experience. You know, he's been in a, a coordinator now, I think, 18 years. You know he's been through it all, and and I and I think he's rolled back quite a bit, and doesn't take as many chances. But um, you know you could be right about that one play. You know maybe he probably could have been a little more conservative on that one. Do you think Ephraim Band is in any trouble here with these mixed these screw ups in the secondary? No, because I don't think Robert. I don't, I don't think. Listen, Robert Knowles, if, if I was giving you an honest assessment of Robert Knowles, I would say that they should have been shooting higher in recruiting. He he never should have been signed, and that was by the old staff. And, you know, he's he's just – you know, he, he's, he's not a great defensive back. And it's no secret that this team is light at defensive back this year. You know, that's why you see them recruiting. They're going to sign six or seven guys in the next signing class at defensive back because it's such a weak position right now on this team. So when Redwine, who is far from a proven safety, as we talked about a few minutes ago, goes down, and now you're bringing in Robert Knowles, I mean, is it a surprise that he's getting beat and he's not, you know, that he's not playing well? It wasn't a surprise to me. I mean, not at all. I mean, I would, I, I would have been shocked if the opposite had happened. So I'm, I'm not blaming Ephraim Banda for that. Um, you know, Banda's a young coach. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and suggest he's the best safeties coach in the country at this point of his career. He's developing. Um, he's he's a very good recruiter, has a great passion for recruiting, and he'll continue to develop as a coach. And um, I don't know. Do I think he's in any trouble? No, not at all. Okay. Is there any chance we could use Amari Carter this week? We need, he's a good run defender. That's what we need this week. People who can tackle on the back yeah. end. I mean, it would I'd certainly like be a thought. Him play. Yeah, it All would right. certainly be a thought. You know, we we don't know what the deal is going to be with with Redwine, and um, you know, maybe uh, this could be a good game for Amari Carter because he doesn't have to worry a ton about assignments, and you know, it's, it, it, you're, you're typically playing a very basic defensive scheme against these guys. Right. Okay, one last point on recruiting. I hope Irvin Hall and Josh Job were watching that game the other day because, in my opinion, they can come right in and start from day one next year at the safety position. Well, they don't I need mean, to be going anywhere else. We haven't seen them on the practice field yet. I, you know, that's probably no, getting but, a little ahead. But, but your point, I think, is. But, that if they come and take care of business and learn learn the playbook and and uh, train the way that they should be able to train, that they could certainly challenge for a lot of playing time. And I think you're right. Okay. All right. One last point. Um, 
Have you heard anything in recruiting since the game? Any anything? Nothing. Growing? Nothing major. I mean, you got you got to realize this recruiting class is is pretty pretty close to being full. I mean, they still have some things they're working on with linemen and um, you know the DB, you know Tyson Campbell and and things like that. But uh, for the most part, the class is is, is you know, what at least three quarters done. So there's not going to well, be this. this you know, lineup of commits just because they won the Florida State game the other day. Uh, certainly not going to hurt anything. It's going to make the kids that they have committed feel good about their commitments, uh, no doubt about it. But, you know, I, I, I don't think it's reality to expect it to lead to a whole new lineup of commits here. I think the kids that were going to commit early, I think have committed early. There's, there's very few commitments usually, if you think back through the years, between September and November. Right. Now, what about Cameron Davis? This guy's not doing anything this year. Is there any concern about that? And Art Sikowski got benched. Sikowski was hurt. Yeah, but he he got benched before he was hurt. Or maybe Um, he was hurt. They say he was was hurt. He tried to play. He was not effective, so they, 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 they pulled him. They, right. they, they, about- they don't they, they, they don't consider it a demotion up there. They they he hurt his shoulder. They didn't feel he could play effectively, so they took him out of that game. Um, okay. But but no, I haven't heard of any changes that that they're dropping those either of those kids. You know, I think uh, right now you got to look at the possibility that Mark Walton could come back next year, which was not expected. Uh, I don't think it would be a very wise decision for him to go to the National Football League coming off this injury. Uh, having done, you know, so little really this year, uh, I don't think his stock would be anywhere close to maxed out with the NFL. If he does go out after this year, I think he'd cost himself an enormous amount of money or an enormous amount of potential money as opposed to coming back next year and having a good season and uh, putting up big numbers. And, and, and you know, I, I, I think that it, it just makes no sense to me for him to go out after this year. So if he does come back, like I'm suggesting, and you got Lingard now coming into the mix who, you know, I think we'd be being generous to say, you know, that, that he and Travis Homer would be competing with each other for a role next year. And a lot of that might depend on how uh, Travis does finishing out this year. But, you know, now all of a sudden you got a pretty well-stocked running back position going into next season. Cameron well, Davis would be on almost certain red shirt. Well, Georgia has three running backs, so it's no big deal. Anyway, thank you for having me on. I'll talk to you next week. All right, Greg, it was a pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on Kane Sport Live this evening. Let's go now to the 678, 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, what's going on? I'm doing great. Who's this? This, this is Johnny. This is Johnny. How you doing, man? I know you're feeling what's good. Up? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Everybody's what? feeling great. <laughs> that was hey, fun I up wanna, there, man. Uh, you, know, you know what was the yeah, funnest thing in the world? It was just seeing how happy what? everybody was. And just, you know, how it, not, not, the, the players, the coaches, the fan base up in the stands – um, to me, that was the highlight, just seeing all the happiness and, and you know, after so much frustration and, and disappointment and, 
you know, to me that was right, great. Right. Man, the when the when the referee said the play stands and the crowd and then the Miami crowd just exploded and you saw the faces and the whole like the Florida State fans almost like they just died on the inside. I mean, that was the best feeling for me just seeing that. Seeing all the faces and the like, oh, and the girl, the little girls, like they're about to start crying <laughs> when they well, hit the play fans. I'll that be honest with you, me. Junkie. I was standing right there. I was standing right, right by the goal line, and and I saw the the official was right there on top of the play in perfect position. And when they started showing the replays, and they didn't really have a goal line angle. I mean, I didn't see how the heck they could overturn that play, and, and they ended up not doing <laughs> right. it. And, um, had they taken that score away from Miami, I'll tell you, man, uh, if I were Blake James, I'd, or I would have started looking to leave the ACC as quickly as I can because, uh, you know, Miami put up with a lot. Yeah, I mean, right. they put up with a lot. That would have been personal. In terms of scheduling yeah. and things like that. And, right. And, you yeah. know, that would have been that would have been a horrible thing to take that touchdown away uh, without a definitive angle and proof that his knee was down before the ball right. crossed the plane because I think it was simultaneous. I I was standing right, right there. It, well, it looked simultaneous it to looked, me. It, 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 it reminded me so much of the, the Super Bowl with the Patriots and the Falcons. And, like, he was – you couldn't overturn because when his knee touched, the ball was sitting right. Like, all it has to do is touch the white, and it was definitely touching the white. So, it was no way they could overturn it. But um, – I, I, you know, I have to, uh, I have to do it. You know, I, I gave Barrios hell, man. I just wasn't a big believer because he hadn't done much. But this season, I, I have to, you know, I have to take it back. I got to eat it. You know, he, if it wasn't for Rossiter bringing the team down nine plays, seventy-five uh, yards with a minute and eighteen seconds left. Then he easily is no is no question. He's easily the player of the game. But for me, I had to give the player of the game to Malik because that's that's big time. Don't well, be the last you know, person to do that. Berrios was this type of player last year, but you had Najoku, you had Stacy Coley, uh, you and know. Amon, so he, he broke the record. And Amon Richards so, broke out. Yeah, so you know he right. had to just take his opportunities, you know, as they came, and. You know, you've I'm sure seen the running arguments I have with a bunch of guys on the message boards about the small receiver thing, and, it, and it's it's tougher for yeah, these you guys. Yeah, small receiver. Well, it's not that I hate them; it's just I understand how <laughs> tough it is. I mean, it's very very difficult for those guys to make impacts on football games. And everybody says, "Oh, well, what about Antonio Brown?" Like, yeah, you can always pick out a freak here or no, there, but see, like, but the thing is, you, where you play them. Because we've always had dynamic small receivers, Roscoe, Santana, uh, Jonathan Harris. We, we we had small receivers, Kevin Williams. We always had dynamic. Yeah, but small they weren't. Guys. But they weren't it's the feature they, guy. They weren't the feature guy, right. junkie. There always was one or two guys with them that were the feature guys. Put a Lamar. You put a Lamar and a Horace Copeland out on the outside because they're long. You now you let Kevin Williams eat up the you can't you can't defend it like there you go and, and he did him in that. It, he, he did he had a nice he had a nice career exactly but he's but, Who but did? you know but if you look at the great you know the great receivers that have played at Miami the Michael Irvins of the world the Andre Johnsons of the world I mean 
the majority of them were, were you know, bigger, had bigger frames. And, you know, it's, it's hard for these guys. And that's why you're not seeing Harley. Harley can't get open right now. I mean, he, he just doesn't, he, he doesn't have the, 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 the strength. He, he, he doesn't have the knowledge. Um, you know, Jeff Thomas is, is, isn't really getting See, on track at all. They're not, I don't, they're not I featuring don't them. They're being utilized. Right, they're, well, they're not, not featuring them. They're not properly. featuring them, and the and the reason is if 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 you got to have a play, that's not going to be where you're going to go first, and 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 that's why. And the thing I'm getting to about Berrios is he has honed his craft over all these years, and he was ready to do this last year, and he is by far the best route runner on this team, and he's so precise. And he's so reliable. And on that touchdown that Malik Rozier threw to him in the back of the end zone, I mean, he was just putting that the ball to a spot. Uh, yeah, Man, that but, was a but dime. It, it was a total yeah, dime. That, but, was a, but, that was a perfect it, pass. Yeah, but Barrios had that to get there. That was a perfect pass. It, it was perfect. Yeah, both of them. Both, both of them. Both man, of them. It was the route. Man, it was, that, was, that, that impressed me. Malik really impressed me. To yeah, throw the Amar Riches on the third and twenty, to throw the Barrios the first touchdown, the back shoulder, the the second yeah. Barrios, the game winner, the the pass when he hit um Barrios on the third down when he was getting hit. Man, Malik Ross. I gave. But, you know, I mean, I didn't. But my point is, it. you know, I don't. I don't think Harley or Thomas could have made. Were, are ready to make that play right now at this point of their career. I you think know, they, I, mean, I think we need to get the short, quick game going with them. If you start hitting Thomas and Harley with quick little uh, jailhouse screens or hit them with a quick flare out, quick slant, we spread everybody out and hit them in the slots. We keep them in the slot, rotate them on that one side, have a, keep Riches out here on the side, keep another big receiver on the other uh, cager. Man, we can work team. We should be scoring like how Tavon Austin and, and those guys were scoring at West Virginia because we have that kind of speed. I think PCU, you'll see it. We, I think you'll see it more I as the season goes on. I, I think when you got to have this game in Tallahassee, you're going with your vets. You know, you're you're going to Herndon, right. you're going to Amon Richards, you're going to Berrios. Right. Are, are they, I mean, um, Langham Langham was um, the hero at the end, but if if Amon Richards wasn't hurt, he probably doesn't ever get in the game. That would have probably been on. Um, how is it, how is his health though? How is Amon? I haven't seen. He was at practice today. You know, he, he he's not going hard in practice right now. You know, he's he's, he's got a baby that hamstring. Uh, you know how hamstrings are. They they sometimes never. Yeah, they linger. You know, you got to give them months linger. usually. Like, so he's going to be fighting it the whole season. Man, but the thing is, Malik Malik hits all the receivers. And then, I mean, Kasia had a bad game to me. But he should be – You're breaking up on us, Junkie. So I'm, I'm going to have to put – oh, there you are. I said Kasia, he just didn't – he didn't make a play. Malik wanted to – he tried to get him the ball several times, but he just couldn't come through, but – I, I don't feel – I'm not worried really about no other team except Virginia Tech. I think that will be the next defense that we see, elite like the one we just played against. That defense is tough, but, you know, I don't I don't see nobody really getting in our way. You know, even with Mark Walton going down, I think we're going to see Homer. I think we're going to see Chocolate. I think we're going to see Dallas. And we're going to see the – we have the quick game. Mark Rick got to turn the quick game on or – 
he basically just throwing his dream season away. If he don't get Thomas involved, Harley involved with quick passes in space to let them use that speed and that quickness, he's doing them a disservice because they're ready. I, and that's I think all I really be more, have. I think there'll be more opportunities to do that here in the coming weeks, and I think you'll see a little bit more of that. I think, you know, going up to Florida State, you got to go with the guys that you know you can count on, and I think that's what he did. And uh, as far as Cager's concerned, Junkie, um, you know, I think you got to temper your expectations there. You remember he, he was out all last year with an injury. He's still working his way back, and it's going to take him a little time. He's but uh, five, Gary. When you yeah, he's, five a weapon, he's throwing the ball to he's a, a potential side. weapon out there. But I'll tell you, on one of those plays you're talking about, they were – I don't know about the first one where he got tangled up, but the second one, I'm sitting there. I was watching. I was on the field at field level watching that cornerback grabbing his jersey and holding, holding him back, and the referee just didn't call it. So – that wasn't totally his fault. All right. All right, Junkie, thank you as yeah. always for being part of the yeah. show. And uh, give, give us a call next week, and uh, we'll continue the conversation. All right, the number is 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 318. You're live on Kings Boy Live. What's up, Gary? Uh, I'm doing great. Port City Kane. Is it the four city cane? It's I'ma tell you, it's exhilarating. I mean, <laughs> I was I was uh sitting upstairs, uh and I was sitting upstairs and just like the team got an unsportsmanlike conduct, my baby girl gave me an unsportsmanlike conduct because she said, Daddy, you just way too loud. Because I jumped up when Langham had caught that ball. You know, because I was so happy it was about time to send FSU the Heartbreak Hotel, because we had been to Heartbreak Hotel too much. It's by trying to send it. And, and I like the way that we defeated them at the last second so that they had to accept some of the hardship that we did. I don't I don't agree with what I've been hearing about FSU falling out. It's just a simple fact of it, when you are a championship team, championship teams have to have good fortune, just like everybody else. You got to have more no than doubt. just talent, more than just great coaching. You got to have good fortune, and and they have had some of the worst fortunes of any team in college football. So I don't think that 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 you can put a tombstone by them at all. They'll be right back when they have to come down to Miami Gardens next year. They'll be right back trying to get, hit us at our throats. So you know, I don't look at uh, the demise of them at all. But I'm just thoroughly excited, you know, for us to make those big plays at the end. And just like they said, we finished the way that we needed to finish, and that and that's the most important thing, you know. In these upcoming weeks, I feel that our next three, our three most important games are going to be Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, and Virginia Tech. Pittsburgh and North Carolina are nothing but walking corpse. It's it, 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 it no, it's no bringing them back. I mean, they they did, they did. It, it, I mean, basically, they're just playing out the out the uh, remainder of their schedule. But the only thing that we have to do is uh, it just don't have a letdown. If we don't have a letdown and we stay disciplined in that Georgia Tech game, and I think we're going to need turnovers like we had last year. I don't know if we'll get them two in a row, two two uh, touchdowns in a row, but we're going to need turnovers. And when we get turnovers, we got to take advantage of them. But, you know, the Canes Nation is just excited to get that monkey off our back. The drought is over and all the rest of it. But the, the thing that I want to say is, is I was listening last week. I didn't get a chance to say anything, but I'm going to say this, Gary. If I ask Santa Claus for Patrick Sertain and he bring me a Tyson Campbell, 
I ain't gonna get mad at all. <laughs> either one, I'd be happy. Either one, I'd be happy with. And when you get into, I, I, you know, Robert Knowles had a couple of bad plays back there, but that's really just a product of the previous regime. And sometimes you're gonna have to just eat. The coaches doing the best that they can do, but these guys don't have game reps. And really, there's some guys who all of us had as transfer candidates. We didn't even expect them to still be in the program, but they're in the program, so we got to do the best that we can do. I didn't agree with them playing Mark Walton at all. I feel like Travis Homer would have been much more aggressive. He's going to make a decisive play, and he's going to do what needs to be done. I was so happy when Chris Herndon had that long run at the end because of uh, McFadden vacating that space, and we had been trying to hit him the whole day, and we finally got him hit. But the only and I'm a and I'm a uh I'm a, I just got a couple of questions and I'm gonna hurry up and let you go. Who do you see? I want to see more of De, DeAndre Wilder and Jennings. Hopefully, they can get developed and forward to get into that rotation. We're gonna need guys, especially when you look into next year and later on, to build our depth on. And we need guys who have game time experience. But who do you see? In the, who hasn't played a prominent role in the first four games that down the stretch may have a more prominent role. I'm talking about not a guy who's played at all, but some guy who potentially has a more prominent role in the second half of the season. Well, let me take a quick look here at the participation list from the other night. Um, I mean, Bandy is a guy that I would say has you know played a little bit, but could could get better and better as the year goes on and, and have a bigger role. Amari Carter uh, would certainly be another one that I would look at in that way. Um, I like Derek Smith, the safety. He's not getting a lot of opportunity, but um, I like him, the true freshman safety. Uh, he's right now playing mostly, I think, on special teams. But, uh, you know, I don't know if he'll work into the defensive rotation or not, but I, I really like what I've seen from him. So I would start with those guys. I mean, without a doubt, Corey Gaynor who went in uh, for Navon Donaldson the other night and, did, and held up and, and did good. He's an offensive lineman. I think you're going to see them want to give more time to um, and Garvin, Jonathan Garvin would be another one defensive end. I think, you know, I don't know that, you know, you weren't looking to necessarily throw him out there against Florida state a whole lot, but now as they get into some of these other games, uh, I could see them trying to give him more reps. Okay, and then in the in the, the my biggest concern coming down to the recruiting, uh, coming down to this recruiting class is I think we got to get three at least three more defensive linemen, preferably no doubt. a defensive end, a defensive end and two defensive tackles, like Jeff Thomas last year, who wasn't somebody on the radar. Who is somebody potentially at that defensive tackle spot? who's highly regarded and highly rated, they could potentially come into on our recruiting radar. And let me ask you this. Do we have another do we have a chance to get a and with that last offensive lineman slot, do we have a chance to get a potential guy who's somewhere on the level of Navon Dumps? Uh I don't think so. I don't I don't know of that guy that's considering Miami right now. Um, which I, you know, I, I would agree with you if you said that's that's unfortunate. Um, I, I think line recruiting right now is wide open. I think that they're they've got probably at least ten guys at each position that they're evaluating. 
watching them in their senior seasons. And I think that they'll go hard on that in December and January. I, th- I think that, uh, you know, I, I can't really tell you right now who they're going to get. I, th- I mean, there's definitely, you know, several kids that they're looking at. Uh, obviously, Dennis Briggs is a defensive lineman that they want very, very, very badly. Um, but beyond that, there's there's a whole bunch of kids out there that aren't committed right now. And I think that they're sort of sitting back and letting the senior years play out and deciding who they want to go after. Okay, and then one last question, and I'm going to let you go. You remember that I think the guy Taquan something who's a wide receiver that's committed to Florida. It's, it has a, and on one site I've seen that he had potentially shut his recruiting down. Who, if, if they do take another receiver, who are the candidates potentially to get that slot? I don't think, um, I don't think they'll take a fourth receiver unless it's Tyquan Thornton. Uh, if if okay. if they don't get him, I think they'll be very happy with the three that they're they are getting, and uh, so I think that's where that stands. Yeah, if you if you get yeah, those three receivers with what they have coming back, they'll be fine. Okay then. Well then, hey Gary, just excited. Hey, want you to uh, wish you and your family the best. Keep doing what you're doing. All right, Port City. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. Uh, this next segment of Kane Sport Live is brought to you by the startup.com, a company that you've heard me talk about a lot on Kane Sport Live this year. They're the company created by Kane's fans, where if you're not a Kane's fan, don't even think about applying for a job. And uh, the startup.com is the world's first virtual incubator that is helping Kane's fans and their friends and family try to get a break in the competitive business world. And, uh, the folks at the startup.com, they've created a workplace without walls and an internet-based platform called the ecosystem where any current or aspiring entrepreneur can go and test their ideas, build their business plans, communicate and strategize with team members, and even forecast and manage their cash flows. Basically, everything you need to do or know to be a success in the small business world they'll help you do. And the ecosystem was created to be a command center for entrepreneurs, housing a robust suite of digital tools for startups and business owners. And they even have a radio show that they put on their website. And uh, they had me on their show the other night, believe it or not, I had a lot of fun with, with those guys. Cause you know, they, like I said, they're such Canes fans and we, you know, we talked some business and, you know, they wanted to know the whole story about Kane sport and, you know, how, how we came to be and evolve into what, Kane sport is today and all that, but uh, we had a chance to talk some Kane's football as well, so that was fun. But so visit the startup.com today and they'll give you a free trial. It's one site, one price to rule them all. The startup.com, go check them out today if you want to be a success in small business. They'll give you all the tools you need to know what you need to do. The startup.com. All right, the phone number 563. 563- Nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's go out now to the three oh five where you're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary, how are you tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Adam. Hey, what's up, Adam? Welcome back to the show. Uh, what do you think? Thanks. What do you think? Uh, you happy? Uh, 
Yeah, I was watching it with my family. I was going insane. I didn't think we would pull it out at the end. I just had visions of the last couple of years, but prior to that last drive. Well, but, you know, I'll tell you, it, it, it looked that way, but, you know, I was thinking, yeah. guy, could this really, you know, I'm st- I was, I was, I was yeah. standing down there on the field, and I'm thinking about, so can this really yeah. happen like this again? Like, does yeah. something doesn't something have to break, you know, Miami's way exactly. here somehow, some way? And, and it did, you know. It, well, yeah, I mean, what a, it, what a it phenomenal did. game. And, and that actually leads into my first uh, question. Do you think, because in the past, obviously, after the FSU game, some of our games we folded like a cheap tent, um, do you think that there is going to be that after effect going into the Georgia Tech game? Well, I'm, I, I think you got to hope not. And, and I think there's just because there's so much awareness about what happened last year and how the team yeah. really came out of the FSU game and played horrible football for a month. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I think that they'll, be, that, that they'll have these kids more on edge this week. I really do. Uh, okay, because, again, I mean, you have to give FSU credit in one regard. But I remember I was watching some of the Acres runs, and I'm thinking of the one that set up the, the, their first touchdown. He just bounced off of McLeod like it was nothing. Against Georgia Tech, we, don't we really have to, like, wrap up? Have to. Have to, have to, have to. They, those, those linebackers, they got to get back to their discipline. They got to get back to their fundamentals. Yeah. And obviously, they're, that's what they're working on in practice this week. And, and I, I think they will. I think Manny Diaz will have them ready. Oh, okay. Um, I'm, well, I, I, of... I'm personally, I, I think the Virginia Tech and Notre Dame games are, you know, the ones that, that'll be the biggest problems. Oh, okay. I mean, um, I, I just can't, you know, I think it's unrealistic to think this team's just going to sail to 12-0 and 0 without a, a few more very close tests coming up, you know, at some point. Yeah, I don't know I that know. that's, re- I don't know that it's reality. Like, you know, I mean, you're not going to play great every single week. I mean, I don't think, but, you know, maybe it'll happen. I mean, the schedule is perfect. It just seems like yeah. everything's lining, lining up for them. I mean, uh, every tough game's at home. I mean, who, when does that ever yeah. happen? Yeah. No, I mean, the only bad thing is the injuries. And with um, Walton's injury, you see him coming back next year. Because if I he do. does. I, I, I do. I, I hope you get smart advice. I can't imagine that it's going to be in his best interest to go out into the NFL this year. He just he doesn't have the resume. Like, he doesn't really have a resume yet, you know, if, you really be, if you're really honest about it. Uh, you know, we got guys on the message board that are all too happy to point out how average he's been against the best competition last year. Um, he didn't really get a chance to get going this year. Um, did, didn't do a whole heck of a lot against Duke and Florida State, and now he's hurt. So yeah. I don't see how I don't see how he goes into the NFL. I mean, he doesn't have a he doesn't have a resume, and the NFL doesn't value running backs. You know, to the NFL, running backs are like Mark Walton or a dime a dozen. So he needs next year to separate himself. Could he redshirt this year, or did he already play enough games to blow the redshirt? Because isn't it like hmm. after the fourth game you'd blow the redshirt? Yeah, I. Um, that's a good question. I, I'm not sure if he – because it, it, it would have been three games and I guess about a half a game or so. I'm not sure about that. I'm going to have to look into that. Okay. Um, and – 
Um, what happened, and a couple other questions, what happened on the Autumn Tate touchdown? Um, because Tate was wide open. And I don't know if it was a coverage bust by Delaney or what, but he, Tate was just right. wide open. Robert Knowles. Robert Knowles blew the coverage. Okay. Um, and um, a couple other questions. One, um, Brian Hightower was at Nebraska this past week. Is there any worries of him decommitting for Nebraska? I don't think so. I don't think so, but, you know, I guess you never know. Okay, because they have the whole Cali-Braska thing over there. Although with what happened with Einhorst over there, Mike Riley might be gone sooner rather than later. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Yeah. Um, And um, last question. Um, Have you seen enough in, like, DJ Dallas to think that he could be that third running back now with Chalk Ray moving to backup? I don't know. I, I, you know, I think they can maybe get a few plays out of him here or there. You know, I mean, he's not going to have running back instincts and, and have it down the way he, he would need to to play a significant amount of time. He'll be a, I think he'll be a stopgap. Maybe they'll, you know, they'll be able to you know, put in a couple plays to take advantage of his pass catching skills or something. But, I mean, I, okay. I was watching Thomas Brown work with him today. And just on just simple footwork on basic handoffs and things like that. Like he, he's yeah. literally starting from scratch as a running back. Okay. And I, I know Chuck Ray had the one good run against Toledo. Do you think he can really be that bell cow that can get us 10, 15 carries a game or at least give Homer a blow so that he's not out there every single offensive play? I think that's and what you need to hope for. Us I I think you need to temper your expectations. I think you got to hope he can give Homer a blow. Um, I do think that he is the best Chuck Gray has been since he arrived on campus a few years ago. And, you know, we'll, I think, you know, he's ready to show you what he can do. And um, I, I know I'm very interested to see because I just don't, I, the coaches feel confident that they can give a full load to Homer I okay. am, I'm not as sure that he can hold up for 10 games on a heavy, heavy, heavy load. I think you got to try to you know, keep it to about 10 carries a game, uh, somewhere in that 10, 12 range. And, and yeah. they need, Chuck, they need Chuck Ray to give them, you know, five to 10 carries. Okay. And um, last question um, in the secondary, um, I know you were mentioning Derek Smith. Is there any chance of us seeing Romeo Finley? He's been out there. You, you haven't seen him. He's been out there in no, spots. I, okay. Because yep. I'm thinking he might be a better option than Robert Knowles. Well, they've been using because both of those guys. You know, I mean, we don't see every rep in practice or whatever and don't have the don't have the grade sheets and stuff like that. But, okay. I mean, Robert Knowles was the one they went to extensively, so obviously the coaches think that Robert Knowles is a little bit ahead of Romeo. Okay. And, again, I mean – a stu- one stupid penalty by Michael Jackson that led to the field goal. And what happened, and this is really going to be my last question, what happened when they picked up the flag prior to Barrios's punt return? Was it a backward pass when Pinckney, I think, leveled Patrick? What happened there? 
I'm trying to remember. I can't, I can't remember the play. Uh, it was like a little swing pass. This was the play prior to Barrios' long punt return. And then yeah. Barrios caught the touchdown on the next play. So it was, it was a swing pass from who and to who? They, from Francois to Patrick, and then Pinky just from Blackman Patrick. Patrick. Yeah, Blackman. Wow. Yeah, I, I'll Blackman be. I, I'm Patrick. sorry. I just Adam. I don't remember the play. Okay. I can't. I can't answer uh, okay. that question. Okay. Because I think that was even a turning point because it would have been a 15-yard penalty for unnecessary roughness on Pinky. I think he thought it might have been a fumble and a backwards pass. Well, I don't remember. Well. Have a great rest of the show, Gary, and hopefully we can just run over Georgia Tech. No problem. All right, Adam. Give us a call next Thanks. week. We'll, we'll, we'll okay. talk about it. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 540. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? I'm doing great. Who's this? Um, Jay Collette on the message boards. Hey, what's up, Jay? Not much. Uh yeah, it's, uh, it's a great game, and uh, I just feel like the Canes are back. Um, I'm not saying we're going to win the title this year, but I just feel like the rivalry's back. It's just been a while since we've beaten these guys, and I was just reminded of all the the great games that we played against FSU and how we pulled it out at the end. And I just, as I see Rozier making that touchdown pass, and I think about the great plays that Canes have made, like we had Toretta hitting Horace Copeland on fourth down up in 1991. Um, you had Lamar Thomas uh, getting free from, I think it was Corey Sawyer or uh, Clifton Abraham in 92 to get that go-ahead score. And, and um, I think this play uh, just wearing up right there with those guys, just driving down the field and hitting that play and then seeing FSU fans crying and us walking out of there. It should kind of remind me of those big wins we had at the Bills back when. Yeah, well, I mean – Things are obviously moving in the right direction. The thing that I think is very encouraging from a Miami standpoint is that, you know, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination that this program has reached its destination yet. Like, I, I think this is right. a, a, a something that's building. And uh, to have the capability to to possibly have this type of season this year that it looks like they could potentially have is, is just not obviously nothing but great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, a question I have, though, is just um, how the defense is playing. Um, I, I was thinking about the uh, the 0-2 game, and we had, you know, we had we had we were stacked on defense, and we played FSU that year. We had William Joseph and uh, Matt Walters, Vince Wolfer at tackle. We had, you know, DJ Williams at running back and John Vilma. And I remember that game when Greg Jones was running all over us, and I remember you on the message board saying that you were just surprised how much they were running on us. And – uh, I just, I was just kind of surprised how they were running on us on Saturday. And they were, just, they were, they were being a little aggressive in, in their pursuit, and they, and they were getting out of their okay. gaps. You know, it, it was, it was just fundamental stuff that was breaking down, and um, I think you saw that they adjusted as the game went on to the way that FSU was, you know, looking to cut back, um, and they did a much better job. I think against those running plays as the game went on, but uh, yeah, they they were just a little over aggressive early and 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 trying to do a little bit too much and got out of their assignments. When you say over aggressive, do you mean like Manny was call, was calling certain no, aggressive I think plays? No, the players were overrunning. Just... They were overrunning the play and getting out of their lane. You know, getting getting away from where they were supposed to be, and it was leaving holes so, in the middle of the defense. So is that just like the the, the 
emotional game of wanting to make a play and forgetting your responsibility. I think so. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, I think if you, if you listen closely to Mark Rick, he talked a lot about getting everybody to calm down at halftime. Okay. You know, and I, th- I think that was part of that. You know, just get guys you- to calm down, calm down, relax, and, and get back to doing the things that they do on the practice field. And that's what they, for the most part, were able to do other than those plays where they got beat in the secondary. Yeah, so you think that against Georgia Tech, we're going we're gonna to be fine there. We're not going to end up doing the same thing and getting run over. I don't think so. I don't think there's a correlation between the two. It's a whole different game plan, whole different set of circumstances. I think Manny Diaz will have those guys repped into what they have to do this week, and it's really assignment football. And if everybody carries out their assignments, I think they'll be fine. The reason that Georgia Tech has so many problems with Miami is because of the athletes that Miami has. And, and um, right. it, it, gives, it gives that offense problems. And, yeah, you know, I know that, you know, that Miami hasn't won every single game against Georgia Tech, but the Hurricanes have done pretty well once they figured out what they needed to do to get ready to play the game and how they needed to practice. How do you think our defensive tackles are playing? Do you think Norton and McIntosh are average, doing enough? Average. Yeah. I, think, I think the layoff hurt, hurt a lot of these guys. I think they, they lost some of their conditioning. Um, I think they, you know, they lost some of their, their just, you know, um, explosiveness. Um, I, you know, I don't think they've played great by any stretch of the imagination. I think they've played okay. But there's a lot right. of upside. There's a lot of upside for this team, especially on defense. How much time does, does it take to get that conditioning back? After they after should be off? getting it back by now. You know, the, the thing is, last week uh, they had three practices in air conditioning, and then you go up to Tallahassee, okay. and it was, it was real humid and 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 hot for that game. And you know, I think that that has an impact. Uh, you know, if you look at how they've had to prepare for Florida State because of the the weather reports they were getting. Uh, you know, the kids were losing a couple hours of sleep a, a night because they had to get up at four o'clock in the morning instead of six o'clock in the morning to go to go ride a bus from Coral Gables up to Davie, which is a whole, the whole next county for those of you that don't live in South Florida. Um, it's like an hour each way back and forth to practice at the, at the Dolphin training facility. They did that two straight days, and then they had another practice where they had a get off the, the field because of lightning and go into the air conditioning. So they really, I mean, you know, they were, I don't know that they, they were, they were rested the way you would want them to be. And because of everything that's gone on in the last month, I'm not sure that they're in the condition that you would normally uh, expect them to be in at this point of the season. And it's a work in progress. So no, I don't think those guys have come close to playing as well as they can play. Do you think that lack of that missing out of conditioning is a factor in just Walton getting injured or the hamstring? No. That, uh, no. no. That's just football. Yeah, it's football. Well, I was, uh, you know, as we got our, as Rick put his staff together and just, wa- again, watching the game, I was just struck by the game within the game and the irony of just, you know, we got Manny Diaz, who used to coach Florida State, and he went to Florida State. Now he's our D.C., um, you have Mike Rump, who was the coach of uh, Tavares McFadden High School, who is now was, was the cornerback who was covering our receiver, Daryl Langham, who's being coached by Ron Dugans, who was a receiver for a state. <laughs> and 
I just remember, uh, you know, before the Florida State game, I was just watching you know, games in the past. I put on the 99 game. We went up there with Butch Davis, and we lost 31-21. And I remember seeing, you know, you had Peter Warwick was playing opposite of Ron Dugans, and Ron Dugans was trash-talking with Mike Rumpf <laughs> in the game. And have you and and have you ever talked to? We haven't had many interviews with Ron Ron Dugans on the on the site or anywhere. And has he ever mentioned to you about what it's like to coach uh, for the Canes and and just against no, the really, No, I I talk to him quite a bit. I've never really heard him talk much about that. I don't the I don't think that really matters to these guys. They're, right. they're way past their playing days and, and now they're coaches and you know, Dugans has coached at other schools before he got the job here and I don't think he looks at it in that way at all. I mean these these coaches they're all in with the teams that they're coaching at the time. Yeah, yeah, I I don't I don't question that. I just think it's kinda of funny, you know, how things turn out and of course, you know, Rick was the was the mastermind O C for Bobby Bowden at Forest State and then he uh, I remember just when he left, they went down because they, they, they couldn't find OC. And then he had bringing Jimbo Fisher and the rest of his history. But um, getting into the big picture, there's a lot of talk on the side about Rick and his philosophy and his offensive play calling. And uh, what, how do you think he's done so far? Like I, I, I think he's done fine. And, and I know there's people talking about he needs to put more people in motion and and everything like that. But I think it's, all about execution and getting the right people in the right spot. But where's that balance with, you know, making the scheme fit his players? And I know that he can't, he had Mark Helfrich come out over the summer, and I was wondering if he could comment on how he's evolved as a coach, as an OC. Do you think he still has that rust for not calling plays for a while, or do you think he's maximizing our talent on offense or whatnot? I mean, I think he's doing fine. I mean, I, I don't see any problems. You know, I mean – He's playing with essentially a backup quarterback who's putting up two, you know, 250 to 300 yards a game. Uh, the running backs have been relatively successful. I don't think the offensive line played real well at Duke in the Duke game, for example. Um, you know, I thought they were so-so the other night. I mean, they didn't get a ton done running the football the other night until uh, the, the two Travis Homer runs, which they were obviously playing pass, and they caught him off guard and put a couple of good runs. But I don't think the offensive line has been playing particularly well. So I don't know the, how yeah. you know what to say about the running game. But uh, I think Rick's doing fine. I, I think he's he's called good games and is doing a good job. The uh, um, you know there's guys like T- Jeff Thomas and Mark Harley used or more I uh, do. swing passes. Uh, yeah. I I do. I I think that there'll be more opportunities to get those guys involved as as these games move forward. Um, I you know I I think they'll get more more and more adept at running their routes and getting open. And I think Rick will look to get them more involved in some of these games coming up. Okay. How do you uh, like looking at the big picture of the program? How would you compare like how practices are run and just intensity? The coaching staff compared when we were running big, like when we had Butch and his staff, and we had Jimmy and and, uh, and those guys. How would you compare just the, the the level of practice with what we see now and um, what how it was back when guys would say they were practicing so hard in practice that and when they came to the games it was easy. Like how, how would you compare that? Uh, it, it's a, it's a professional operation in every way. 
that's the best way I could describe it. You know, I mean, practices are very, very crisp and well-organized and, you know, everything's just very well run in, in the program. I mean, Mark Rick brings a professionalism, um, a long-standing track record of knowing how to do things and run and run a top program. And I think that's why he gets paid what he gets paid. Right. How about on, uh, I also want to ask you on, uh, on defense. I, I was at the Duke game and I remember when they, uh, it was clear that Duke was going to pass, put Javante Dean in there and it looked like he was covering pretty well. Is his deal still, he just can't, he's not a good run support guy or is he still just behind scheme wise or, well, I, I think um, you know who 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 are you going to sit down to put him in the game? I mean, Malik Young has been playing very very well. D. Delaney, even though he struggled a little bit the first couple games, because I I mean I felt like he was a little antsy and and trying a little too hard. He's played very well now two games in a row. So, you know, I don't I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I think that you know maybe he'll Michael Jackson, you know. Yeah, I mean, I could see him maybe playing a little bit more in, in lieu of Michael Jackson if if he continues to take forward steps. But you know, not I can't really say anything definitive on it. Right. And so far, there's nobody really playing, making a move at the safety position right now. No. Um, to make an impact. I don't think so. And, uh, you know, I, I think I think a lot of people were hoping it would, it would be Amari Carter, but he showed yeah. you in the Talib, in the um in the in the Duke game and that that he's just uh you know just not really ready for that yet and the Toledo game really I know these I know that uh Redwine and Knowles were were golden recruits and um I'm I'm a hurricane nerd man I still got my old cane sport issues and I was reading about an interview you had with Butch Davis and he was uh talking about how he would take uh corners and turn them into safeties and about how we they'd be ball hawking players at safety position and how what, what do you know what the staff is looking for at the safety position where no, what, what they, more size? No, the idea i think was taking safeties and turning them into linebackers okay that's looking for more like the safeties we're recruiting are we trying to get more big or of course uh, yeah of, of, of course they are you, you don't want to play with small safeties that's not ideal but that's what they have right yeah, now. they look like corners out there yeah they, yeah, exactly. That's not ideal. Yeah. So hopefully these guys right, can hold up against Georgia Tech. Thank you. Yep. It should be it should be fun on Saturday. Are you going to make it down to go to the game? Uh, no, I live all the way up in D.C. I come all right. at the UNC game at North Carolina. All right, great. Yeah. Well, if you, all right, thanks for your show. I appreciate it. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get to say hello up there. It'd be, it'd be yeah. great to meet you. I know, I know you have – I recognize your name, and I know you – You've been with us with in Kane Sport almost since day one, so we'd love, yeah, we'd love to meet you one of these days. Yeah. All right, uh, thanks, I thank you for being part of the show. Yep, bye bye. All right, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go now to the nine seven three. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, 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 boy, I was. Well, I was getting to a point where I'm like, okay, I like him, last caller, but well, I was about to respect him because he's a diehard. He's a diehard. I was trying not to fall asleep, man, because we got we we got to keep this hype. We got to keep this. Hype. <laughs> he had a lot What's of questions, but that's a, but that's no, all right. No, no, he's knowledgeable. I appreciate. I, yes, Lord, I appreciate him. I appreciate him. But boy, I want to get going. 
I, I was hyped. I was into everybody, and then he came in, and I'm like, okay, he's going back a little bit. He's talking about so anyway, anyway, anyway. Let's go, Gary. Hey, Gary, man. But you know, let, let, let's just say this. I want to say a, a nice, nice hello to Mister Mister James. Okay, Mister Big Mouth James. <laughs> James, who runs his mouth about being the best player damn near on the planet, and he started freelancing in our game, and we burned that behind. He freelanced. They exposed him on ESPN, showing him freelancing, and he got burnt. And I also want to say a nice hello to Mr. Jackson that was on his sideline, number 44 from last year. Remember when they beat us? He put the, uh-huh. the U sign up and turned it down. I just want to mm-hmm. say a real good hello to those two guys. Mr. O- and matter of fact, not saying Devin's not going to be a decent pro, but I don't think he's a starter day one in anybody's NFL team. I think he has to hit the special team first because he's a freelancer and he's a big mouth. Yes, I said it. Okay, so I just wanted to start off the show by saying that revenge feels so good, okay? Because I remember last year he was running around when he was injured, helping everybody on that sideline. Well, take that. Anyway, let's, let's barrio. Oh, man. Um, what can we say, Gary? Oh, my God. Um, Barrios, matter of fact, he started off not so good. Remember, he had a he tried to do a, a was it a punt return, and they slammed him on his face. I thought he was actually going to be knocked out the game, so he recovered from that. He was trying to get he was trying to kid. catch a ball. Yeah, they they threw him for a loss. He trying to catch a ball, and he fell on his helmet. I think I thought he was going to come out there with a concussion. When he got to the sideline, he was acting. I think think something got into his eyes and. I was like, oh, man, this is not starting out real good for him. But his bounce back was ridiculous, ridiculous. And now I just want to ask you a question. And I'm not trying to get old, crazy about it because I know he might, have, he might not have great games for the rest of the season. But how do you compare him? If Let's say he, he stays steady and he gets a chance at the league, fourth round, fifth round. How do you compare him to the kid that everybody, even though the kid played in the national championship game at Clemson, that walk-on, I think he's more sound than that walk-on. That walk-on catches big balls. He do. He catches big catches, but I think Barry is a better slot guy than him. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think he's, mm. he's, he's made himself a very, very good receiver, Braxton Barrios. And, but, you know, how, how is he going to project into the National Football League at his size? Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, uh, he's going to have to end up with the right team. And well, this get the kid right at Clemson is not a big. This kid at Clemson is not a big boy, and they talk about him playing in the league. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm. You know, Braxton because he can return punts and things like that. You know, he he could, he could get a shot, and he's having a great year. And the but kid I don't from know. and the kid from Carolina, the kid from Carolina, which I don't think he hurt himself. I, he might have he might have tore something. Remember, Bandless is coming back from injury. The kid that was at Carolina last year, now he plays for Dallas. He's not a big. Wide receiver, and he got his where was shot. He, where, where was he picked? I don't know. I'm, I'm just, pick, I'm just saying. I'm not talking about being. I'm not necessarily talking about being picked. I'm talking picked is picked he's is gotta, really he, nice. He's got to land in the right opportunity with a team that's willing to work with a receiver that size. Like you know, Absolutely. New England something love, love like Detroit, team. something like Detroit that like to do like these quick slants and something like that. I just love to see him in the Detroit, the Broncos. Of course, New England, and you know those type teams that's going to utilize that wide receiver coming around. Okay, let's, let's, I'm just wanted to, you know, I just want to give him props. For that. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it, it, you know, anything we say tonight's just pure, you know, speculation. Yeah, we fluffing it. Yeah, I mean, there, I there's no, there's no telling. You know, like I said, I think it would have to be the right team. 
I just enjoy fluffy. You know, like I, I, I use an that. example, like like if you, I don't know if you, well, you don't live down here, so you probably don't watch the Dolphins very much, but like the Dolphins have this re- this receiver Grant, I forget what his first name is, who runs like he might even be faster than four three, like he's he's as fast as it gets, and they can't do anything with him. Like he returns the punts, he returns punts for them here or there, but. Offensively, they can't get the they can't get him the ball. Like they they tried putting him in in the last game, and they can't. They just can't. He's too little. Like they can't get him the ball. Yeah. yeah well, those are the guys you go ahead and you just use them on special team, and you hope that he keeps developing and and, and stuff like. It's just like the conversation you just had with some of the guys that called us before. Um, I, I'm the guy that that talks about motion all the time. I know mean, a couple of your callers kind of mentioned that there's guys coming on here complaining. I'm not complaining. All I'm saying is. If you put these guys in motion, you could be able to hit them out of the backfield or just try to get some people to move their eyes a little bit on defense. And if you get the defense to move their eyes, we'll pick up five yards. I'm not trying to say he's going to catch a player. One of our players is going to catch the ball and take it to the house. We're trying to pick up five yards. We're trying to stay above on time, as you say. You're trying to stay on time as far as five yards there three yards in, and the, the third down will be a little easier. So that's what that's my that's what I, I'm the guy that talks about the motion all the time. I know a couple of the guys are annoyed about that, but that's fine. That's fine. Hey, um, very important. What do you think we should do? I know it's kind of like a silly question, but us winning the the, the flip against Georgia Tech, we the th- the key with them, we got to get on them early. We got to score. We got to get it. We got to get a, a field goal and a touchdown, and we got to yeah, be I'm, like I'm gonna... ten nothing. I'm going to agree with you before you even say what you're saying. Uh, if they win the coin toss, they they need to receive. I agree. Take with the you. ball. Yeah. Take the ball and score because when we when they when someone scores on them, Johnson panics. It's not because he actually he work, he knows that he has a time consuming offense, and, and 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 he panics and he starts throwing the ball. And I think we got the athletes to play that. Now here's the thing on defense that I'm concerned with, Gary. Um, not that it's a huge big deal, but I know we might have Morton coming back. I possibly wouldn't use him. Him coming off injury, they do a lot of chop blocking. And I'll just keep him out, and I'll probably try to play the rookie, um, the freshman, you know, give him his chance this, this week and play him and let him get in the mix a little bit because we want to have we want to have bet for the rest of the season. I think if you use Morton right away this game, he might end up being Come on, Homer? Again. I mean, not Homer. Um, no, I'm talking about on the defensive line. Um, Moten, which, 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 number ninety. Oh, Moten, ninety-five. Moten, yeah. You don't want to bring bring him back for this game. I just don't think it's a good idea. Even though he might be healthy and ready to go, I think we'll just go ahead and I think he should use Ford or, or somebody else. Best. You're not. What are you kidding me, guys. Ford? Ford, who's, who who hasn't played? Like you're gonna throw I'm him saying, into the Georgia, I'm saying, I, I'm, into the Georgia saying, Tech you, game? I don't you know. Spot him there. You you. I tell you what, though, I pay attention to this guy. When we're when we're up and they're feeling good, they spot guys in there and there. That's what I'm saying. They do. I know you see it too. If we happen to have a lead or something, they do spot guys. They do give them a a look. They don't give them a complete look three plays in a row, but they do stick. They do stick them in there. And and, and as far as um Robert Knowles, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. I'm gonna be honest with you, Gary. He was a reach. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful because people, family, listen to the show and all that. But let's just call it what it is. 
Man, he, he was rest short to do. But you know, the family shouldn't be mad if they are listening. I mean, he was he was a re- he he was a reach. He wasn't a, a, a top shelf recruit in that regard. But you know what? He's getting a free education at the University of Miami. And if I was his father, I'd be proud as heck and I'd be happy as heck because my son would be getting a great education and at, a, at a top well, shelf can't. school, and he's playing football and having fun. So and here's the key too. Here's the key. He wasn't just doing it. He didn't just that one play. And by the way, on that play, I don't know if you noticed it again, Delvaney was so upset with him. He tried to explain to Delvaney right away, and Delvaney knocked his arm down immediately and got in his face. Like, that's you. He didn't even give him a chance to start explaining. He just got right on him, right on him. Right as soon as the play was done, he just got right into his face. I'm like, that's you. I don't want to hear it. That's you. You got to know your assignment. I mean, Delvaney just really got on him. But, um... I kind of, well, to me, that's a positive, you know, it's like, yeah, it is. I look at it as a leadership and leadership. here's the thing. I know we don't want to, I know we don't want to kind of put, this is not the blame show. I'm just going to give it a little small blame to the coaches on that. No thing during the game. He's been messing up during the game. I rather make, I stole this with one of my buddies too. I stole this and I told him I'm going to use it. I rather make, have a freshman that I know is going to play for me in the future. I'd rather have a freshman make those type of mistakes than a kid that I'm putting out there and I'm supposed to have confidence in him and he's making those type of mistakes. Regardless if he's a reach or not, he can't make these keep he made a bunch of mistakes before and I'm and if you're gonna have guys upstairs looking at the game, they should know not to have him in. That's a critical part of the game, Gary. Critical part of the game for that to happen. And I, I was just so disappointed. But of course we, we turned it around and went Big, 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 up, big props to um, freshman punter. Nobody tr- mentions these guys. I, I got to do it. Big time punts. Big time punts. Um, yeah, he did a good job. It. Okay, he did a solid job. Solid job to the tight end. He caught the ball when he's supposed to. Stiff on the guy. Got down. Got down the field. Okay, Redwine got blasted up on the sideline, but we got him back because we damn near took one of their guys out the game. You know, so you know, I'm I'm was proud of that. Um and also wanna give props to Mark Mark uh, Mark Mark Rick. He stayed calm. He didn't pull Rosier. Not that he was going like I'm just saying he didn't get on them when he got back to the sideline, talked to him calmly, stayed with him, kept him in the moment, explained to him what he wants in the next play. And if you remember in some of your interviews, Gary, and some of the during the week, I've said I say this all the time. He's he's mentioned that um, Rosario is going to have moments when he looks like he's throwing the ball all over the place, and then he has other moments where he looks like he's right on key. He he, he has said that in, in interviews. He's definitely said that in interviews. So I'm not surprised he was playing bad at the beginning, and, and this happened. Oh my God, on holding they was holding us the entire 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 game, and nothing nothing would call. Also a couple of targeting plays that they should have been kicked out the game and they was called for nothing. They was called for nothing. They didn't, it wasn't a, a big time penalty game. I love that, but they, they got away with a lot of stuff that they shouldn't have. And on that, that, that Jackson play, that's two times in a row now. And the, the one against Duke, I think he got lucky that it wasn't a penalty because he didn't even know what he was doing. He didn't know he could hit the man. He was just going out with his head raised and, and trying to hit somebody head off. And he did it again this past Saturday, and he we can't afford to have that. He had the turnover. I get it. Got the chain. 
and, and and all of that. You know, I don't miss these things, man, because it's very important for us to um for us to succeed. And I'm just we we can't afford that. We can't afford it, Gary. All right, Rock, you, know, you got anything else tonight? Well, just, you know, we just gotta we gotta really play assignment football, assignment football, and and and, and I think okay, I'll say this. What do you? Okay, we we're gonna to have to use a limited amount of guys that we could trust. I remember in years past, we've always said we got to come out here and play certain guys that we know. Some guys may not play in this game on defensive, but really wants to play. Some guys may not play because sometimes we may have to. Yeah, this lose. is this is a game where you got to really pay attention to your matchups. I you remember when Tracy Howard used to get held out of the Georgia Tech game because he wasn't physical enough. Against exactly. the run. That's what I was getting That's at. That's how you got to be with, as coaches. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, like, for example, how much Malik Young can handle this week. And uh, although, Mal- you know, Malik's really done it. He's a tough kid, man. And, and he's, he's done a pretty good job this year, even when he's had to be physical. Yeah, he's going to play just because it's him. He's a, he's a starter. He's going to play. But it, you're right. How much he holds up is, is the key on that. It's just. Uh, we just got to make sure we select. Unless guys get injured, we can't afford to fool around unless we're up 17. We got to pick a bunch of pick up some guys that we know is going to be sound. Simon football, sound, especially on the second level. Because they're yeah. going to gash us some. I mean, they gash everybody. They gonna, even with bad quarterbacks, they're going to gash you because you're not going to stop every play. It's no, you're not going to stop, stop play. You're not there. You know, they're going to gash you. One more, uh, a couple of things on the recruitment end, Gary, real quick, real quick. I know everybody's okay, talking about You know, yeah, yeah, everybody's talking about um, my concern with, 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 you know, I know you're saying that Walton got to come back, but what, what about looking at it like this? And if it's not, if it's a no-no, just tell me now or try to tell us during the week. You look at the possibility of him getting a surgery, we're going through playing a ball game. So it depends on what ball game. We play, if we play after the new year. He won't be back this year. He won't be back. He won't be able to play a no. game and show the NFL that he can play. No, no, they flat out. Okay. Said he well, I'm just, I'm just thinking about just thinking about a different scenario. Because here's the thing, I don't want to lose a commit because he's coming back, and I, that sounds selfish, but I don't want to lose. You're not, you're not going to. You're not going to. You still need two backs in this class. You'll be. You're not going to lose. Lorenzo Lingard is not going to not come. You'll be all right. Okay. Not Lingard, not Lingard. I was thinking more David. Cam Davis, Lingard. okay. Yeah, I was thinking. All right, all right. So you'll if if that were to happen, which well, I don't think it would, happen, if it were, get, um, so you get somebody get else next year. It's we'll not a big cooked. deal, Ross. Get, get yeah, no, no, well, we'll I don't know if cooked. that would happen either, but like, don't lose sleep over that. That's not a big deal. So you're not real big Finally, on Davis. No, no, I don't think that's a problem at all. All right, oh, let me let some other guys get on. Ross, as always. Yeah, I will. Hey man, thanks for being part. Great victory, bro. Hey, yes, hey, and don't forget, we have Najuku <laughs> for next year at the wide receiver position. So all these guys want about the wide receiver. He's going to be good. Yeah, I hope they redshirt him at this point. But yeah, he is. Yeah, he's going to be real a, good. He's a Jersey kid, so I got to give him props. Yeah, yeah he's okay, going to. He so is going to be. Good. Don't forget about a lot no of the fan base. Don't forget about that kid. All right, put me on hold, Gary. All right, Ross. Thanks Take for care. being part of the show. Yep, appreciate it as always. Let's go out to the two four zero. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? It's D Black. Hey, what's up, D Black? How you been, man? You must have liked I've that been game. I right, man. I loved it. I loved it. So what do you was, think? Uh, dr- what I think? Yeah, give us the D Black breakdown. I mean, you know, I I think Malik 
I think Malik showed he got the cojones to lead this team. He didn't, uh, you know, he didn't break under pressure and fold under pressure. Also, I want to give props to um, Mike Rump. You know, everybody's talking about the cornerback play has improved, but they're not giving props to, to the person responsible. And that's Coach Mike Rump coaching these guys and getting them ready to board uh, Malik Young and Dee Delaney. So I want to give Coach Rump much, much props for getting them guys ready. Um, I mean, where, where, can, where can I – I mean, Mark Rick called a hell of a game in the second half. You know, he played to our strengths, get the ball out of Malik hands quick, to the tight ends, to the receivers. I mean, Braxton Burials, I mean, stepped up and showed great leadership. I mean, Amon Richards getting open on pretty much one leg. I mean, it was just a rivalry game. You know, Gary, it doesn't matter. You throw records out the door when it's Miami, Florida State. You throw records out the door. Um and it's one oh, oh Langley, his brother that caught the pass. He could have transferred, but he he chose to stay. He chose to work hard. And look, the moment wasn't too big for him. He showed up. He caught the ball. He scored the winning touchdown. Hey, I hope you know he gets some more burn throughout the season because you know he deserves it. just off of that play alone. He he deserves he 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 deserves it. Even if it's just Red zone purposes only. He deserved to play. Um, offensive line played pretty good. You know, I hope Donaldson ain't hurt too bad. But the offensive line did a hell of a job. Um, I just see great things for us in the future, Gary, heading on down the road. I just see this program steadily improving. You know, the practice, indoor practice facility and Mark Rick and the coaching staff and the recruiting, I think recruits see that just from the team and how they react. You know, if this was a few years ago, they would have probably packed it in, except for the Florida State game, because, look, last year it wasn't Kaya's fault we lost. Hey, special teams blew that game for us. Kaya threw the, what he thought was a tying touchdown pass to Stacey Coley. The year before that, we, we, we played Florida State pretty well. I think all that losing and the players that was on the team, they figured it out. They figured, like, yo, how to win. And that's what we're seeing now. We're seeing go harder. Like Chad Thomas, he played pretty good. D-Jack, he played well. So, man, I was just, man, Gary, I just was ecstatic. I wanted me, like, three sandwiches, you know. So, I'm, I'm, I'm just proud of the boys. All right, D-Black, you got anything else? No, 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 nothing else, nothing else, man, just. Hope these, you know, hope the guys come out ready to ball out and get this, uh, get this victory on Saturday. I know it's a tough, tough, you know, tall order coming off a short week, but hey, that's what they, that's what they signed them letters of intent for to come and do this and, and, and get the U back. So keep me on hold, Gary, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Go Canes. Let's get this W on Saturday. You got it, Deep Black. Thanks as always for calling in and being part of the show. Let's go to the 706. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Who's this? Oh, this is Sebastian. Man, I, 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 didn't, want, I didn't want you to miss me, man, because, you know, this, this is the week I needed to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to talk to you because I've been well, telling you, man, good, for the good. longest. I said, anytime Miami beats Florida State, 
it seems like the epic, epic center of college football changes. And here I'm going to break it down to you. I told you, when Miami beats Florida State, that's two four and two five. That's two four and two five star kids that don't go elsewhere. You know, you did say you that. We'll, Cal- we'll see. You know, if you keep a Calvin Ridgely at home or a Jerry Judy or a Dalvin Cook, you know, the whole epic center of college football kind of changes. So, uh, I, you know, I've been waiting to see this for a long time. But I, I, you know, right before you beat me up, I had to write my things down because I wanted my thoughts organized because I know you got a lot of calls. First thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about the play of D. Delaney. You know, the first couple of weeks he seemed like he had a tough time, but you can definitely seem like, as I've been watching him, because I watched the it's a game within the game. He seems more, you know, you see the talent. He's more in tune with himself. He knows what's going on. Like the two touchdowns, the one against Toledo and one against Florida State, he knew what coverage he was going to be in. He knew he had top over safety help. And if the safety didn't do what he was supposed to do, that's why they ended up getting the touchdown. So he see, it seems to me like he knows what's going on. And the talent is definitely there. And you do need that physical corner on that side of the field. You, I mean, you, you got to have that. So I want to give him good props. I don't know if you've observed that, but he's definitely held his own the last yeah, couple Yeah, he's settled of weeks. in, that's no I, doubt. He definitely settled in. The other thing I want to talk about, Gary, and this is we, – we, we've talked about this for a while. Me and you have been talking about this, is you can definitely see the difference of what coaching makes. Here's what I'm talking about. There was never a game that we played on the Al Golden that we went into halftime that we won. It didn't matter what size the lead was at the half, but if we weren't in the half and we were losing, we never won. And even though we were just down three to nothing, I mean, the mere fact of, you know, Coach Rick being able to tell the kids, hey, just settle down, believe in what we're doing, and we're going to be fine, that goes a long way. It's more than just the talent that's on the field. It's more than just the kind of athletes you recruit. It's believing what you believe. And I said the only way we're going to get to a championship is we need to have a championship-level coach. You need to have a coach that have won in the big games. And those players need to be able to look in his eye and say, no matter what kind of adversity we feel, we can be able to come through. Because they felt adversity three times in this game, going into the half down three to nothing taking the lead, you know, and then losing the lead, and then taking the lead again, you know, and then being able to win during the last drive. That all stems from coaching. I saw, you know, Mark Rick tell, you know, and we everybody saw this when he said, uh, Malik Rozier, be smart. Be smart when you go out there. You know, you know, don't do nothing foolish. You know, go back to what we talked about in the players' room and the quarterback's room and the coaching, and that seemed to really, really pay off. So, he was able to adjust at the halftime. He was able to keep those kids uncomposed. And so I got to give big props out to Mark Rick. Let me just keep on going. The other thing I want to talk about is, you know, beating Florida State, it ain't just about beating Florida State. It solidifies recruiting. You know, a week like this week, you don't hear a lot of our recruits, you know, being swayed. You know, it kind of helps solidify their decision and saying, you know, yeah, you know, I feel good about heading to Miami. And all that negative recruiting that kind of comes your way, you got a counter argument to it. Do you agree to that? Oh, there's no question. You know, you got a counter argument to it. You got to, I mean, you you know, you just can't throw a whole bunch of jabs at them. And I'll give you a perfect example. I know Alabama is going to give, if they need to give Jarvis, uh, uh, Josh, Gil, uh, Josh Joe, 
a Corvette, they will. Because they're going to tell him, say, look, man, Mika Fitzpatrick is leaving. He's going to the league. He's going to be a top five, top ten pick. You come on in. That's where you're going to be at. But at least there's a counter argument to say, you know, do I really need to go to Alabama? Or can I find that same success down in Miami? There's a counter argument to it. And that's why beating Florida State was just huge. And Florida State fans know it. You know, it, it, I, could tell, I can imagine what the mood in Tallahassee is like because if they figure every two, every year they're going to lose two four-stars, two five-stars, that's going to have an impact on your program. Um, the other thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about, you know, the personnel. The, the, there were some kids that transferred this year that really just didn't need to transfer. They really they would have helped out on depth. And, you know, I guess sometimes you just – sometimes what you lose is not a loss. But some of those kids could have really made a difference. Not a huge difference, but they could have helped out in the team. Like, you know, if uh, Edwards would have stayed, what would our running back position look like now? You know, if Yerby wouldn't leave, you know, what would our position look like? If we didn't lose uh, a Dabu, I mean, the offensive tackle, you know, I'm just saying over the course of the year, you know, those players leaving, you know, Hastings leaving the tight end, it just helps. It just hurts with depth. And, you know, everything you lose is not a loss, but I can just imagine if those kids were still on the team, we would feel it. Yeah, there's, you, know? There, you know, there's no doubt about it, Sebastian, and that's why I, I think they got to be really careful right now about, about this running back situation and, and how they use Travis Homer because, you know, you're already taking what, your best special teams player. And you're going to reduce his role on special teams, and you're going to make him the starting running back. Now, what if you overuse him and he gets banged up, and he's got us, and, and or you know, or gets hurt or something? And now, now you really have a weakened football team because now you're counting on Chuck Gray um, and DJ Dallas, who's you know, you don't have no idea what you're going to get from him. So. Uh, I think this is a slippery slope that the coaches are playing with right now, and it's going to be interesting to see how how it plays out. Because I agree with you. I think losing those guys was a big deal. You know, and I just think, you know, what I mean by that is you may have to change your philosophy, you know, just because you want to lengthen the season. You know, you may have to do more bubble screens. You may have to do more jet sweeps. You may have to just be a little bit creative, and the only reason why I say that is because, you know, losing those players really hurt. I guess what I'm saying is, suppose we do make it to face Clemson. We want to be able to face Clemson with a healthy Travis Holmes. Yeah, well, that's you know, that's exactly what I was just getting at. I, I, I think that's what I'm – when I say it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it, that that's exactly what I mean. Like, you know, I, I, I think you do do more things like that. You Maybe you get Jeff Thomas involved a little bit more. Um, you know, maybe you, you throw more quick screens to the receivers and things like that as an extension of the running game and, and just do some different things that allow you to manage – reps at the running back position. You can't you can't put the pressure on the offensive lineman every by every play, drop back and pass. You gotta be able to manage the game, lengthen the game, you know, protect your defense. I mean defense we we're we got some depth on the defense, but we're not deep. You know what I mean? We got mm-hmm. some depth on defense just not deep, so you need to take a look at that. I, I know I know I'm I i do not take up too much time. Um the last thing I want to talk about is you know this, we still got a long way to go this season, but I just feel overall the program's headed in the right direction. I mean, if you're a Canes fan right now, 
you you're you able to see a coach beat Florida State. You able to see a coach be down at the half and win a game. We haven't had that in a long time. This is a uncharted territory. Now the thing we're having to deal with now is how do we manage success? And I love the attitude that the kids have saying, you know, Florida State wasn't like the Super Bowl for us. We know where we're trying to go. We know what we're trying to do. And we understand the teams that are in the way. What I'm going to be looking for as the season kind of elongates is the develop, the continued development of the players like Sandy, like some of our linebackers, you know, um, because, you know, we can bring in Owens. We can bring in um, number 34. I can't forget it. I can't remember his name. We can bring in, We can bring Perry. Yeah, but can we bring some of those other linebackers in towards – I'm talking about a ninth game of the season, tenth game of the season, eighth game of the season, just to continue to see their development. Can we continue to see some development out of Dean, you know, and, and Bandy's going to play a, a different role. But overall, I can see the, the program's headed in the right direction. You can see the development of the players. Players are actually developing, and you can just see the whole entire culture changing. Now, you did say you did say one thing that the offensive line didn't play so great. I kind of disagree with you just a little bit. I think they played as well as they possibly can play against a defense like Florida State. You know, Florida State, I mean, that's a lot of talent. That's probably about, on that defensive line, on that 2D, there's probably about five, six players that's going to play in the NFL. I don't know if you disagree with me or not. But I, I agree. Think, you know, I think the deep, I think the offensive line played well. I got to give it to McDermott. I was scared, excuse my friend, shitless, you know, that he was going to be our left tackle. But, you know, after four games, he's kind of holding his own. And um, I guess if you're going against, Chad Thomas, you're going against Joe Jackson. That's talent. You, I mean, that's that's NFL talent that you're going against. So it, it, it it's making out a huge way. So the game of Georgia Tech, am I scared about it? Should we win? I believe we should win. Um, I don't care if we just win by a field goal. Because here's the thing with Georgia Tech is they're all about not allowing your offense to get the ball. They want to hold it for nine minutes. 10 minutes, and in the South Florida heat, you know, depending on how the game goes, that can have a, an effect on you. But what I think the team can come through is I'm hoping to see a big special team play. I really believe before the season is over, Thomas is going to take one to the house. I don't know when. I don't know how. But I just feel just I just feel before the season is out, he's going to take one to the house. And we may just need that, you know, going against – you know, Notre Dame or Virginia Tech or even like a Georgia Tech. So I said a lot, but here's the thing I want you to talk about, and then you can just keep me on hold. As you look over the course of the season and you look at what Miami needs, not just for this year, but for next year, what are some things that you need to continue to see for us to not, no kidding, be able to say that, you know, we're back? You know, well, I mean, um, yeah, I mean that's an easy so, uh, question, Sebastian. You got to build up your depth. You got to, you know, you got to build up your depth at, at running back. You got to build up your depth on the offensive line. Um, I think you, you're you're already addressing tight end. You got two uh, elite tight ends committed into this recruiting class. Got to keep recruiting well at receiver, which they're doing. I think they got to um, you know find a few defensive tackles because uh, I don't know that Norton and McIntosh are playing well enough to go to the NFL after this year. I really don't personally think that they should or are. But uh, you know you're getting old at that position really fast. I think they got to you know 
fortify it up and find some good defensive tackles. Um, the linebackers are going to be juniors next year. You know, you got to start rebuilding the linebacker position, and they're already addressing defensive backs. So it's pretty clear uh, what the order is, and uh, they seem to be doing a, pre- a pretty good job of it. So I want to thank you, Don't. Sebastian, for being part of the show as always. Uh, you, you, you said a lot. You got a lot in there and uh, made a lot of great points. And uh, give us a call again next week. All right. Keep my whole gear. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the 904. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gear? Who's this? Gear. Hello? You with us? Yeah, I'm All right, here. Man, you can you hear me? Okay, we can hear you. Go ahead. Who's this? You can hear me now. It's Kane 35, Jacksonville. Hey, what's up, man? Go ahead. What you got for us? Ah, uh, hey, man. Uh, we won the game. Glad to hear that we won the game. Um, I think Mark Rick was still a little conservative in the first half. He was a little conservative in the second half coming out. He kind of waited to the fourth quarter to kind of pick it up. Um, I tell you what, we got the quarterback. I, I love Rozier, but Robert knows, man, he he, he, he almost gave the game away speaking of handling, man. I mean, why is that guy even in the game, man? Because you know, Redwine got hurt. He's next guy up. They're they're just light at that position. We knew, we knew that. But but Gary, we 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 but we, we know. Okay, why can't we give some out a shot? The guy gave up two touchdowns. The guy behind him can't be no worse. He gave up two touchdowns for them to almost pull the victory off. Well, they're not. Why they're not, not expecting him to do that before he did it. <laughs> yeah, I understand. But damn, but once you give up one touchdown. I mean, the dude was wide open, Gary. Wide open. How can you leave about that wide open like that? Even Delaney went up to him. I guess Delaney was, was cussing him out, whatever, because he left the dude wide open for the touchdown. And he now, blew the coverage. He's not that good of a player. He's not that good of a player. They're challenged at that position. We knew that going into the season. They needed Amari Carter to progress faster than he is. That's, that's my opinion. What about Derek Smith? What's up with Derek Smith? Same, de- same deal. I, he's he's yeah, but he's not ready. He's not ready to be thrown out there yet. Believe me, if he, was, they would, if he was ready, they'd be putting him out there. Because, you know, I agree with you. Robert Knowles is not a very good player. And yeah, that's he, the best he, he's not ready either, Gary. Robert Knowles is not ready either, Gary. He's been there, what, three years? He's not ready yeah. either. Put somebody else in the game. He's not ready either. Well, he, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens in the future. I mean, he may have played himself out of it. <laughs> I mean, he gave up two yeah, touchdowns yeah, I, I, in the Florida State game, I, you know. But, Gary, did you notice how, how those those uh, defensive backs were holding our receivers? And, yes, we, and we weren't even getting the calls, man. Constantly. No, they weren't calling it. I don't. I didn't understand. I was sitting there. Why? I couldn't understand why they wouldn't call it, especially with the Just game the on the line, game. I mean. He's like, like with McFadden. McFadden is their best corner. He was doing a hell of a lot of holding. Even the commentator was like, you know, wow. That's, that's a lot of contact. He said, I'm surprised the flag didn't come out, but I guess the Russell gonna let him play. I'm like, man, they need to throw the flag. He's holding out there, man. I'm talking about holding the whole game. And we're not even getting the flags, man. I, I'm telling you, I think those refs, man, I, I, I'm, they tried to take the game from us, man. They, they better listen to Jim and Johnson. Jim and Johnson said you never leave the game in the ref's hands. They better, they better play that tape to those players and let them hear that. We didn't hear some old school canes talk, Gary. Remember, remember, remember what Ed Reed said when we lost our first game to Washington. Ed Reed said, "You know what? 
We're not losing no damn war. Remember Ed Reed said that after we lost that first game to Washington? Uh-huh. You don't recall that? Marvin I do. Needs to go, he, needs to, he, he, needs to, he needs to put that on, let all the players sit down and hear that, even though we haven't lost the game, but just keep that confidence up and say, hey, we're not going to lose no games. We're coming out and we're winning. We need to go back to some of the old school Canes, Gary, and let them listen to how the old school Canes I mean, did. Yeah, you, you do realize they've won nine games in a row, right? Yeah, I understand that. I say I understand we have a loss, but they keep the confidence I mean, if they keep winning, they're going to have the longest winning streak in the country pretty soon. I mean, it's pretty amazing what's going on here. And I I don't even think they're scratching the surface yet. I really don't. I don't think they're even close to where they're going to be. It's possibly as soon as next year if these guys come back. If Walton um, and the two defensive tackles come back next year, I mean, this team is going to be really, really good. McGarrett. I remember you saying that mine was a couple two recruiting classes away, but now you're giving them more credit than you said before. Well, because of the, the schedule is just so favorable this year. Like, they could keep winning. I mean, well, you know, the odds are that they're not going to win every game, but, I mean, they could. Well, 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 you, well let, let me give you another thing here. Now, you, you said that McLeod has the best upside. Well, let me tell you something. McLeod has been non-existent. He he he's the main linebacker who has been showing up here. He's not, he's not playing. He's not, he's, he's he's not, they're, they're not playing as well as they should be. I don't understand. Like, I I agree. I, I think it's got to change this week. I think it will. But no, they they have not been playing as good as they should be at this point. Why why don't why don't they get Owens a better look then if, if McLeod's not playing that good? Because Owens made some. He made he had a hell of a game against Duke. That dude was making tackles. Well, McLeod's a better player than Owens. So they're going to give oh, him I'm, the best. I'm, they're they're going to give him a chance to to reach you know his capability level. I mean, he he potentially could be the best of them all. Let me ask you a question, Gary. Had Owens never hurt that knee? Do you think he'd have still been starting with those, I don't with those freshmen, those guys we got I now? Know. I don't know. I I I don't know that that's an answerable question right now. Okay, I, I was just curious because I mean, before he got hurt, he was balling, man. Like I said, in that Duke game, he had a hell he of a game. He had a couple man. good just, plays in the Duke I, game, yeah. I, I, but I don't, you know, you can't be like, you can't just be overreactionary and see a guy make two good plays and assume he's better than the guy playing in front of him. You know, I don't, I, yeah. you know, I think you, you know, you got you got to see a bigger body at work than that. But yes, he did. He did very well. He's clearly getting getting better and better and feeling more comfortable um, after the injury issues he had a couple years ago. And, yeah. um, you know, it's good. He gives them depth. And I think they're going to need depth this week. You know, this is going to be a very physical game. Yeah. So, so Gary, question. Do you think Mark Rick out-coached Jim Moore in that game Saturday? Uh, I think they both coached pretty darn well. I mean, come on. I mean, for, did you see what was going on there in the fourth quarter? I mean, you know, I think they both coached well. I think so, both so you would Mark give them pretty much? Yeah, I think they're both very good coaches. I think they both coached extremely at, a, at an extremely high level, and you know this was Miami's year. I mean, Florida State had had a seven-year run where they got almost every break. Gary, who would have thought in a million years that Darrell Langham would have caught the touchdown pass to beat Florida State? Who would have it's ever a, thought that? It's 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 absolutely amazing. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing story. I mean, he played two plays in the whole game. Those those last two plays. He didn't touch the field but the Gary, whole rest of the day. 
I saw something different in him, Gary, in that Bethune game. I said, you know what? I said, we might have something to lay him. I said, he was looking good, even though it's Bethune. He, but he was looking he good was, that kid. He was dominant. He he had a great spring. And and he got on the coach's radar in the spring with how well he did in spring practice. And yeah. he's just continued this fall. And, I mean, is he Amon Richards? No. Is he Berrios? No. <laughs> um, you know, but does he deserve to be out there at least as much as Harley? I mean, I certainly think so. I mean, you know, Harley can't get open right now. Yeah, I, I noticed that. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught that. Yeah, he 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 still he got a little ways to go. He'll get there. But what Gary question? How tall is Langham? Is he six four or six six? Because the, he's like six. He's 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 six six. He's tall. He's big. It, it, he doesn't look that big though. I mean, yeah, I guess yeah, he does. Big. If you stand next to him, he does. Yes, he does. It, okay, well, well, he was bigger. Was he bigger than Joko? The Joko was what, six four, right? Yeah, he's he's taller. Than, he's bigger than the Joku, and the Joku is a big receiver. The Joku, you know, the Joku is going to be a very good player. You watch. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. What, what, Gary? One more question. Burns, man. What, what's up with Burns, man? He's, I mean, really. he's not physically he's not physically ready to play football. I mean, he hasn't played a, a down alive football in over two years. They're not going to just throw him out there this week. He's not ready. He's not physically ready. He's helping out on the scout team. Uh, I'm not convinced he'll ever play football at Miami. I I don't get the whole thing. I don't. I mean, I I I didn't understand why they why they were taking him in the first place. I mean, it, like this is the University of Miami. I mean, you know, they they must have just been fulfilling the promise that they made to him when they took a commitment from him several years ago. And because it's Gulliver, a local school, they didn't want to renege on it. Is my guess. I mean, because yeah. I don't I don't know that he'll ever play. We'll see. All right, let me That's let some other people happy. get on. Thanks, thanks as always for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. All right, Gary, have a good one. You got it, man. Thank you. Let's go to the seven eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how's it going? Doing great. Who's this? This is Enrique from Tampa. Hey, what's up, Enrique? You you have have you called before? I have. It's been okay, a while, cool. a little bit, a couple of weeks at least. Yeah, go ahead. What you got for us? N- nothing. I mean, I. I thought it was a great game. I was uh, actually texting a buddy of mine uh, who's a huge uh, Alabama fan, and uh, he asked me how I would like this game to turn out. And I told him, you know, I was like, I I would love for this to be a blowout, but over that I'd rather this come down to the end and Miami just rip their heart out. And that's exactly what they did. And I loved every bit of it, and I'm sure every single game fan out there loved it as well. But uh, Were you there? Were you at the game? Unfortunately, I wasn't, but uh, I was watching here on on TV at home, and it was it was awesome. At least for me, my kids were jumping up and down, kicking and screaming, and they had no idea what was going on. But <laughs> have you ever been to a Miami FSU game at the Doak? Uh, not at the Doak, no. And you I, treat, I just recently you moved here. One of these years, man, it's pretty special. It's pretty cool. Yeah, especially when definitely. especially obviously when the Canes win. Yeah, absolutely. So I got a couple questions lined up for you. Uh, Rozier, uh, he came in big uh, when we needed him, but I did notice that the kid loves the deep ball, which is exciting for the fans. But it also leads to what you know what he produced uh, on Saturday, which was 19 for 44. And I would really like to see him go and look at look for the shorter passes to establish rhythm, especially to Herndon, 
you know, because I think he's been totally underutilized in this offense. What do you think? I think they were getting a lot of single coverage the other day, and and I and I and I think a lot of man the man, and I I think that that's what the what the plagues were calling for were to take shots down the field. Mark Rick said he thought he should have taken even more than he did, uh, you know, because he felt like those plays were were there. And you know, you saw even in the final drive there were two that they tried to throw to Cager where he was single covered on the outside and, and then you saw Langham single covered on the outside and Florida state was blitzing a lot. So, you know, I think just the circumstances of the game necessitated what they were doing. And I, I thought Rozier was a little antsy in the, in the first half and didn't play real, didn't play as well as he could have. And I think that's why his percentages were not great the other day, but you know, every game's different and every defense is different. And, and, and I think that you'll see Mark Rick call the game based on what they're getting, not with a predisposed idea. Right. And uh, <clears throat> I caught the show 15 minutes late. Do you have uh, any updated injury reports for us as far as uh, Richards and Donaldson? Um, both were on the practice field today, uh, working lightly. Okay. Uh, Richards, they're going to, you know, this is going to be a season long battle with him. He was walking around fine after the game. I think, you know, his hamstrings started to tighten in the second half and they didn't want to push it. You know, they don't want to lose him for the whole season. Uh, and they tried to, you know, get by. I, I was kind of shocked that he wasn't in there on the final drive, but, uh, you know, his hamstring tightened up on him and they didn't want to blow the whole thing. Um, Donaldson, he's got an ankle, a sprained ankle. He was practicing in full uniform today in a boot. Uh, so I think they're just trying to keep it uh, relatively mobilized so he doesn't retweak it here during the week. Uh, I would expect him to play on Saturday. We'll see what happens there. But uh, if he was out there practicing in full uniform, I think the idea is that he would play. Um D. Delaney was out there, um, had his knee uh, kind of like was wearing like a, a I guess like a, a, a brace on his leg, but he's out there practicing. I'm pretty sure he'll play. Uh, Red wine, I'm not sure about at this point. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, there was some talk that he had a concussion, so he's got to go through all those protocols. And um, who else was there? Did I did I leave anybody out? No, those were pretty could, much the guys I, I wanted think those to know about. Were, those, yeah, those are the guys. So, you know, I, I, I think you're okay with most of them. Yeah. The the hamstring is such a such a lingering injury that it's one of those where you really got to let it rest. Yeah, and, you need and, a few, uh, it needs a few months, and he's not going to get that, you know. Right. I mean, and he, I, and he, I think he might get Rick, it before the bowl game. You know, maybe he'll get a few weeks right. before the bowl game. But, yeah, it, this is going to be a lingering issue the whole year. So let's just say we don't get Richard at 100%, you know, for the rest of the season. You know, he could still play, but he's not at 100. Uh, Dallas is going to play running back. Cager had a bad game, but I don't think that's really indicative of what he's capable of for the season. Um, I did like Langham early on, uh, but I do think he's hit or miss, you know. Um, Harley, there were times where he's out there, man, and I, sometimes I feel like I don't know what he's doing, you know. Uh, who do you see as a wide receiver target aside from, from Berrios that can, you know, really just step up and take up that second or third receiver spot? I mean, it's got to be Cager, you know? I mean, uh, can Langham take on that kind of role? I mean, obviously the coaches don't think so because he hasn't been playing that much. Um, You know, I think it's, I think Cager is a, is a guy that you could look at that you should be able to get more out of. 
Yeah, hopefully. And uh, something something that's been bothering and plaguing Miami for, I feel, the last couple years, game's really all about field position. And I'm explaining to my wife as I'm watching the game, because she's, she's learning it, and I'm like, you know, our defense is out there, you know, and we, we got it, or our offense is out there, and they're three and outs, or they get a cheap first down, and they're out, you know, right after that. And we're giving the opposition great field position, not great field position, but better field position than we're putting ourselves in. So my question in regards to that is, what is wrong with Miami's punt return blocking? Because Burials has the capability, if he, if he gets a little space, creates a little wiggle room, he can take it to the house. You know, yeah, but it's fair know. catch I mean, after fair not, catch. For, for whatever reason, they're not great on special teams. Um, is it is it a player's thing, or I mean, I, I'd hate to say that they're not putting enough emphasis on it. But I mean, is it just like okay, we're gonna put our best guys out there, and it's what we got? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't have an answer for it. I, I just for whatever reason, we're just not great on special teams, and that's why I grimace at the idea of taking Homer off of. You know, he's he's on all four special teams. He's only you know they're going to take him off a couple because of, he's going to have to increase his role as a running back. I mean, I just I grimace at that idea. You know, I'd rather right. give Chalk Gray a couple more extra carries and let Homer stay on special teams because it's such an important part of the game. I mean, it really is, and I mean it he's is. been doing it 20, is. 25 for you know, 20, 20, 20, 25 plays a game on special teams. And, um, you know, now that's going to be cut significantly. And uh, I just, I don't feel that they're, I don't know why they're not, but they're just not great on special teams. Yeah. All right. I'm pretty much done with all my, uh, my good questions here. I've got a one off topic question. Did you see, did you see the Gators uniform, the new ones? I heard about it. I didn't see it. Um, I'll I'll do a um, I'll do a Google search on it right now and take a look. They're absolutely terrible. And lastly, to uh, they were great, right? Gray, it, was the, it was the great a great uniform yeah, with, 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 with an alligator, alligator on it. Skin. Yeah, it's terrible. Anyway, but since we've been shitting on Robert Knowles oh, all night, oh my goodness, God God, <laughs> God bless that kid. I feel terrible for him. But uh, on 24-7, he was a low three-star. He was a low three-star on Rivals, and on ESPN, he was a four-star. And on all three of those services, the only other offer he got was from none other than FIU. So that goes to about? show the quality of players. I was, I was distracted for a minute by the Gator uniforms. Oof, boy, are those ugly. <laughs> but uh, who, who are you talking about? Robert Knowles. Oh, Robert Knowles. Yeah, no, that—that's basically yeah. what he was choosing between. Yeah, uh, and right. Al, you know, the, the Golden Staff decided to give him a scholarship. They late in the day, late in the game, they had an extra scholarship available, and they took a shot with him. Which you know, you know, yeah, I, you know, I, I guess. I, I mean, I, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's good for Robert know. Knowles, I guess, because he's getting a good education in Miami. I hope he's taking advantage Absolutely. of it. Absolutely. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather be a, a guy that's a good player at Miami and get that education than play for FIU personally. But or if I or as a parent, I'd rather see my kid get that education at Miami. I mean, so oh, absolutely, turn, that's that's a no-brainer. Yeah, it shouldn't have turned it down. That's for sure. So you know, it's good for him, but you know, I, he, he he's not a great player. But they don't they there's they just don't have a lot of bodies at that position this year. They would they'll get that fixed by yeah. next year. All right, Enrique, thank you for being part of the show, man. Thanks, Gary. Have, have a good night. We'll talk to you next time. Let's go to the 757. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 
Oh, well, well, well. This is Gary. What's up, buddy? My man Charles met you and said that we were at the game. Yeah, we was there. Outstanding. Wonderful. Great game. Love it. Kane Kane won. I ain't got to keep going on and on. You already know who it is, buddy. Okay, <laughs> let's see what I want to get with here. Uh, Mark Walton, I feel bad for the young man. The man been hurt for about three games. He shouldn't have played in the Duke game, but we ain't going to get into all that. He gone. Sorry to hit. Get yourself right, young man. Wish you the best. Now it's up to home and chalk. Okay, I know you see you'll be disappointed that they're taking your boy uh, Homer off of special team. Man, <clears throat> I know this boy, young Thomas, but he got flashes. He got speed. Let the man get some more reps on the kick returns or, well, we know Burial's got the punt returns. Let's put Thomas out there. I see the speed, the flashes there. I know he got a little light in the pants, but that's all right. He'll get, he'll get strong once they light his little butt up a couple times. Uh, the defense, um, let's see. Well, I was at the game, so it was all – that's the second time I've been to Dope. Let's get that straight. 209, we already know who won. Jacoy Harris. And it went down the same way it went down last time back in 209 itself. So we had the ball last, and Everett dropped the ball in the end zone. And I know you remember that. They said touchdown, yeah, they, they did the yep. replay, and the ball went right through his arm. Outstanding game. Labor Day weekend, 2009, I was there. And this time it was outstanding as well. Hot as hell, though. Gosh, that Tampa Heat was banging at 3.30, buddy. But all is well. Let's go, Kane. Yeah, I've been a chalk man forever. I ain't talking about it. Just do what you got to do, bro. Your time is coming to do something, so do it. I'm backing them, and I've been backing them. Now, your boy, why doesn't Dean get in the game? Is there a reason why Dean doesn't get in the game? Just asking. Because to me, they, they, just, was, they, they, they don't feel as confident in him as the other guys. Well, maybe so, but your boy still gobbles me. I don't get down what y'all say. Delaney, he had an interception, yeah, but I could have sworn I seen one of their best receivers fly by and get that last touchdown, and he was over there somewhere. I ain't yeah, but that wasn't his fault. That fine. was Robert Knowles. That was Robert Knowles. Was he was Robert handing Knowles off the coverage. Right? Yeah. Okay, all right, then we ain't his fault, but we're going to see what he do. To me, he's still gobbles, hot gobbles. I said he, he came here with all this expectation. He'd done a little bit better the last two weeks. Okay, Georgia Tech. Who who beat Georgia Tech? I don't recall. Do you recall, sir? Because they three and one, correct? Uh, yeah. Um, I, I didn't look to see who beat them. I'll tell you in a minute. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm trying. Well, I'm trying ahead, to remember. Yeah, yeah, but, that my mind my mind's that gone man, a, um, a blank on it. Yeah, my man Frank and then with that at the bottom. We were sitting on the cane side, too, but I just didn't make it down there because you already met me. Now, I didn't travel to whatchamacallit. They lost to Tennessee. They lost the opener to Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. That's cool. But uh, like I said, uh, hopefully we'll beat them, do what we got to do. Oh, are they going to wear them black uniforms at all this year? Because I know they're supposed to have been black out of Georgia Tech, but probably not. Can't yeah, wear them at 330. Oh, you only have Maybe, a damn team. Yeah, you know, we'll see. We'll see what uh, what time the uh, have they said. I can't. I don't think they've set the time yet for the Notre Dame game. So, we'll, you know, maybe that game would be one. That could be a night yeah, game, possibly. Yeah. You know. yeah, but like you said, um, or, you don't know always tell you. Beat Georgia Tech, beat Virginia Tech, beat UNC, and we can go ahead and get this. Uh, maybe get to the ACC coast. So that'll probably be the next game you see me because I'd be damn if I'm driving three hours. The Washington play Carolina right about now. They won and what, folks? <laughs> oh, no. No, no. I can't do it there. Can't, can't keep wasting my time and money. I had a beautiful time. It was an atmosphere. Like you told that young man, if you ain't been to that game at dope, you better get there. Let me tell yeah, you, it's, it's off the chisel. 
It's all yeah, that that it, and it's even better when it's at night. Oh, yeah. That, oh, my goodness. Yes, Lord. But, hey, it's wonderful talking to you. I done met you. You know, Kane Kane one is real. Charles said, what's up? My man, Frank, he was there. Charles didn't introduce Frank. Frank was kind of hot about that, so I'm going to put Frank out there. But, hey, let's go, Canes. Let's go, Chuck. Let's go, Homer. Let's go, Rosier. You look bad at first, but, hey, I don't care how bad you look. You came through when we really needed you. People saying, oh, he's hot garbage. Hot my ass. He came through when you need him, and that's what we need. You don't need it like that every time, though. I agree. Now maybe they're getting into a groove, you know, with getting back in shape due to that hurricane and playing in the ACs and time and stuff. We're going to say that. But after this weekend, ain't no excuses. Let's roll. Let's roll. Canes, baby. FSU, you can go. Yeah, baby, it's all good. I'll talk to you next time, Gary. Love. Peace. I'm out. <laughs> all right, Kane Kane. It's always great to talk to you. Let's go to the 864. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is D. Hey, what's what's up, D? I'm up here up in South Carolina. Some of these Kane fans up here, man. They got a friend, man. He ain't happy about the win. I'm like, you got to be crazy, man. <laughs> We he like we ain't playing as good as you still there? You're breaking up on us. I'm breaking up on you. All right. You hear me now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, D. All right, man. I, 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 yeah, you got to call back next week. That phone's uh, not working on us. Let's go to the two five six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's happening, Garrett? Doing great. Who's this? Oh, this is Juan from Alabama, man. What's up, Juan? Talk to us. I ain't got too much to say, man. A lot of people and yourself also covered, you know, a lot of the things I had wrote down here. But uh, I'm glad we got the victory, man. When, uh, FSU came back down the field and scored on us. I had to go outside during the commercial break while I was at work, you know what I'm saying, and pace back and forth and just hope that we get it together, which uh, which brings me to my next thing with Rozier. Man, that boy got some swag. His stats don't really show how big he really played, in my opinion, man. And one thing that I really liked that he, was, that he did out there, besides throw the game-winning touchdown pass, was try to pump up the crowd in a stadium. I mean, you know, I like that type of swag, man. That's it. Just showed me a lot about the guy, man. But uh, like I said, man, I ain't got a ain't got a lot to say tonight. But uh, we sure did a whole lot of arm tackling, man. A whole lot of arm tackling. Yeah, tackling's so, gonna get better this week, no doubt. No doubt. They, they, so it, it's not been a typical Manny Diaz defense in terms of tackling. Totally agree with you. Got to get better. And I think it will. I think they'll work hard at it this week, and it'll get better. Yeah, I sure hope right, so. Because like I said last, last week, man, uh, I wanted us to blow them out. But bottom line, we won the game, and that's what really counted. Uh, like I said, man, I'm down here in Alabama, so, of course, the whores are, are talking. They talk, oh, y'all didn't beat them as bad as we did and all this and that. But it's a rivalry game at the end of the day. So, you know, no matter the record, they're going to come out and play hard. But. On the Georgia Tech, keep me on hold, Gary. Hurricane for life. You got it. Thanks for calling, Juan. All right, guys, I'm going to take a quick moment here to talk to you about mybookie.ag. 
football season's in full swing. Uh, I know a lot of you like to place a little wager, whether it's on the Canes or another game that you're watching um, or looking forward to. And that's why uh, you probably know that where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. And that's why I always tell people, go check out mybookie.ag. They got a beautiful website. Um, they do 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. And they have the fastest payout. Seriously, it just takes two business days to get your money after you cash in big, like you would have if you bet on the Canes this week against Florida State. You know who's going to win, right? So lay down some cash and win big today. MyBookie.ag has live in-game betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business, and an all-new mobile site that makes wagering on the go a breeze. And they've got a special deal for listeners of Kane Sport Live. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to a 100% bonus. You just use the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E, to activate the offer when you sign up at MyBookie, and they'll give you your 100% signing bonus uh, off your first deposit. So visit mybookie.ag today. Take advantage of the Kane Sport Live promo by using the promo code Kane and get your 100% bonus. You play, you win, you get paid with mybookie.ag. All right, guys, let me also take a moment right now before we run out of time tonight. I know we still have several guys that are waiting to get on, and I'm going to try to get as many of you on as I can, hopefully all of you. But I, I did do want to take a minute here to just quickly run through a few of these questions that were submitted on the message board, the cane sport for tonight's show, uh, just so we don't totally ignore them. Um, how much money would you bet if somebody said two years ago that the play that finally beat Florida state was going to be Rosier to Langham, uh, probably everything in your pocket. <laughs> I don't think there's any doubt about that. And I, I think I'm sure all of you out there uh, feel the same. As big as Saturday was, how big is Georgia tech for Miami's quest to win the ACC or to go to the ACC championship game, do they realize that the season has really barely begun? Uh, I hope so. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, it would be a shame for them to negate beating Florida State by losing a game like Georgia Tech. And uh, hopefully they understand how important this is and, and how their goals are right there within their reach as they go into the, the meat of the season now and that they don't suffer uh, – a letdown that so often comes after a big victory like that. Why is the defensive backfield so confused in the back seven? Haven't these guys been in the system long enough that they shouldn't be having coverage busts like that? Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, that's a good question. Uh, Robert Knowles, for example, who had two coverage busts, he has been here for a few years. But, uh, you know, maybe they're just challenged and they're just not that good at that position. That's the, uh, the the best way that I could answer that. You know, we I felt that way at the beginning of the season. So, you know, I, I think that they're just challenged at safety. So, all right, let's get back to your calls. I'll get back to more questions um, later. Let's go out to the seven eight six. You're on Kate Sport Live. Gary, how are you? Doing good, doing good. How you doing? Who's this? This is everything three hundred five. What's going on, man? What do you think of the game? Very impressed with uh, uh, with Malik stepping up and and having uh, not just confidence, but that that swag that I'm going to go ahead and we're going to win this game right now. Uh, when he was pumping up the crowd, asking them to get loud, something I haven't seen in a very long time. 
uh, that type, that level of confidence. And I think it speaks volumes to the mentality that uh, CMR has been able to establish, and, and it's it's becoming contagious. So I was just very, very happy to see the, uh, <laughs> the way Malik uh, took on that opportunity. Um, the other thing I noticed, uh, uh, something that really stood out to me was just the the class that 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 Mark Rick has. If you notice after the game, a couple of the kids were a little bit overzealous and not stomping on the uh, on the mask up there on the Seminole Indian. They were doing some type of I don't know what it was, but he got them off there right away. And like he yeah. always does, if you've seen him, if you've seen CMR before with uh, Jimbo. Doesn't talk much to him at all. He just shook hands, said good game, and that was it. And Jimbo wanted to have a nice conversation, and he just walked away from him. Um, yeah, I didn't understand that. That. that was that, that was a little goofy. I you know I don't know if he if his mind was just racing on him or you know in the in the in the emotion of the victory and all that. But you're right, Jimbo was looking to have a longer conversation, and Mark just wanted to shake hands and go celebrate with the kids. Well, Gary, a good friend of mine uh, who's interning at the ACC office, she. Uh, she mentioned during, I guess they had the, the ACC football days during the summer, um, that they, they just don't really even interact much. They're, um, they they don't get along. I, I think there's a lot of bad blood on two sides there. One, the negative recruiting against Miami over the last uh, eight years, nine years if you include he was the offense coordinator. It, it was pretty bad at times from what I've heard uh, from several coaches, including Mike Rump. Um, but most of all, I think, He's, he kind of destroyed the legend of Bobby in trying to get him out of the little fashion he wanted. And he pretty much told the, the BOE, hey, either he goes or I go. Uh, and and mm-hmm. people have, have heard that from two or three people uh, in Tallahassee. And I, and I think it's very true that the guy that's not a hag character guy, that's one thing about Jimbo Fisher. He might be a good coach, and, and there's no question he's, he's demonstrated that. But in terms of character and integrity, I'm not a big fan of that guy. Uh, the latest thing with his wife, just a just a real he's just he's just not what you want what you want uh, you don't want someone like that coaching your kid I really don't think so uh, the inability to hold Jameis accountable for his actions and some of the other kids it just I know Bobby wasn't perfect but this this guy is um, he's a good coach there's no question about it but in terms of character integrity he's not in the same stratosphere as Mark Rick in my opinion fair enough what else you got. I uh, wanted to talk about these injuries. Concerned about uh, the big boy here on the offensive line. You mentioned he had a boot on today. Do you really expect him to play on Saturday? I do. I mean, if he wasn't going to play Saturday, why would he be out in full uniform on the practice field? Uh, just, just, I'm just asking, Gary. I, I saw him after the game uh, uh, on a couple of video clips that I saw. He seemed to be moving. Around. I mean, he was. I guess he was somewhat, you know, bothered by it and. Uh, had a little bit of a limp, but he was moving around excited and, and happy. And and then the, the other kid that I was wondering, um, it looked to me that red wine was under that concussion protocol from the very beginning. Um, yep. He never took his helmet away, but uh, soon after that, his, he was he was gone. Um, I don't think he's going to play this week. If I had to put money down on any on that, I, I don't think he's going to play, Gary. Uh, that's going to take a while. It's got to be asymptomatic for X number of days. It's 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 tough. I don't see that happening. Uh, the secondary, I think, in many ways, uh, you got to give Mike Rump a lot of credit 
and I know there was a big coverage bust, and uh, Coach Bando isn't happy with the bust, especially with someone that's been here for three years and, and knows this defense and knows what to do. And, and at times during the spring scrimmages has played pretty well. And it, at one point led, led the, uh, the safeties and the interceptions. Uh, but, you know, Robert just, just didn't make two good plays. He made two bad plays, and two plays he should have made that were very basic. One was with Delaney, he never saw the check down off the, off the, off the helmet. You know, that check down means I got him, and you got, you know, you're getting the long guy, and I'm getting the short guy. It's some basic coverages that, you know, you see there. They have basic signals, and he, he wasn't even looking at him, it appears. When you look at the game, if you put film again, it just doesn't even look like he was really into it. I think the, the heat of the moment gets to him. It's, it's yeah, I was going to say, it, it just it looked like the moment was too big for him. Uh, but he's a hard worker. He's a great kid. And, um, I, I believe he's from Edison, if I'm not mistaken. Was at one yep. point was at North Miami. But he's a solid kid. And, 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 yeah, maybe he shouldn't be at this level, but he's here and he's ours. And, you know, it all worked out the way it's supposed to work out. And we were fortunate. So you got to enjoy that. And looking ahead to this Saturday – uh, we keep waiting for Amari Carter uh, to 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 take over and that opportunity to to be the next guy up. And Gary, I don't I don't think he's ready yet. I mean, this is a, a style of game that's better suited to his strengths. Uh, there's less motion to worry about. There's less uh, coverages and, and help. It, it's going to be a little bit easier for him, but he still has to be able to to mentally be strong enough not to not to fall for play action. You know, I mean, there's, 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 there's got to be some discipline there with him. And he's just got so much energy and going in a million different directions. I don't, I don't think he's ready for that yet. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. They, but you got to get good play out of your safety against Georgia Tech. You know, they got to – Where's that so going we'll to right I don't right know. <laughs> I don't know. That's what concerns me. I did watch uh, Georgia Tech in North Carolina. I believe that game was at North Carolina, and it, it was a it was a close game for to the fourth quarter. And Carolina did move the ball on them pretty well uh, at times. But uh, I, I do think we we are going to be able to score some points against this defense. I know they're ranked in the top ten in a couple of categories, but um, I, I, I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to move the ball on them. Uh, what do you think are our, our top keys on offense? Efficiency. <laughs> you got to execute. You, you know, Mark Rick made a good point today that when you play Georgia Tech, your possessions get limited because they control so much clock time because they're running the ball every play and the clock's moving and moving and moving and moving. You know, so you got to take advantage of the opportunities you do get on offense, and uh, that takes efficiency and execution. I'm wondering, Gary. We've seen more, especially if you look at all of our games. We've seen more with three. Three wide receiver set with the tight end and the back. Uh, that last, the last minute and 13 seconds, we went to a straight spread, and we had Homer back there, um, and he was able to get some big quality runs. Do you think we might open up in that offense instead of going back now that Mark isn't there? And as we mentioned, the strengths uh, that Mark has and the strengths that that Homer had, there, there are different skills set all together, um, and in particular. Uh, Mark's pass blocking. I mean, the guy can really block. His pass yeah, I think I think you, I think you got to consider all those things. I think you're going to see more bubble screen type plays. You know, maybe try to get Jeff Thomas more involved on bubble screens and things like that, and um, to substitute for running plays. Uh, 
when you look at uh, one of your callers earlier was mentioning uh, well, what wide receiver needs to step up, and, I, and you mentioned a couple of guys. One guy, and I know he struggled, but man, I, I just maybe it's because he, he he's coming with so much hype and he had to miss his senior year. He's gone through a lot of adversity, kind of like the Burns kid. I'm, I'm just waiting for Deontay to just blow up. I mean, I keep waiting and waiting, and I see him. He had a couple of good, really good blocks uh, this past weekend. He had some big blocks and a couple of opportunities he had. Um, but he, he's got to step up. I think he's going to take advantage of the opportunity because, you know, we don't have Harris. Harris is suspended. Uh, Richardson will be limited. And Barros is banged up. These guys need to go ahead and, and, and step up. He's been here. This is his second year here. You know, talking about seizing the moment like Lankham did, it, it's his turn. That kid needs to really step up his game, and he's got to contribute this weekend. I mean, it's, it's neat. I, I, don't, I don't see Richards playing much. If he does play, and if he does, it's going to be more of a decoy situation to draw people away. Um, but, you know, he's, he's not full speed, Gary. He's not going to be able to go. And if he is, it's going to be, you know, kind of like the way Mark was the last three games. Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see how he shows up on Saturday. He was, moving around. he was moving around fine at the end after the Florida State game. Uh, you know, he was not walking with a limp or anything noticeable. And I, I thought it was like really weird. Like I even, I, I, I looked, at, I, I was watching them, and I like was like saying to myself, "Did I see what I thought I saw, which was him not in the game at the end of the game?" And I knew he wasn't. And was, and I'm thinking to myself, "Why is he walking around so good? Like he doesn't look like he's hurt." <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know. He was out there on well, the practice well, Gary, today, but I, I don't know how he's going to show up on Saturday. We'll see. It, in that in that same vein, uh, early in the summer, was he walking the same way as he was the other night? I I wasn't with him in the summer, so I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, in, in, early in, in camp, in camp when he was Did when he was hurt. Anything? Yeah, because I I, uh, I, I mean nothing that, like you know other than guys. you know they, yeah they they kept him on the bike a lot to stretch it out and. But you know, you know how hamstrings are, man. It takes forever to heal those things. Well, you can never get out of third gear. I mean, that's just the way it is. And if you do get out of it, you got to be real careful because it's you know, you're, you mean, you're, you're basically been, looking at it there. He's been playing I, great. I, I, think, I mean, even in the game the other day, he had four catches. Well, he was held like crazy too throughout the throughout the course. Yeah, of the game. I mean, uh, but you know, so we'll see. Gary. On defense, real quick, one more thing on defense, real quick. You mentioned uh, that Norton and McIntosh, they just they haven't played up to the expectations we've had. Although I do think McIntosh had a pretty good game overall this past weekend. But I wanted to point out that I felt that Chad played a lot better against Florida State this year. Um, saw a lot of clips where he was just being, you know, double teamed on passing situations, held a lot. I, I thought he really had a pretty good game overall. Do you? Were you able to – can you find out and, and can you post this? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I think he's doing okay. He's doing okay. He's doing okay. I wouldn't say um, he's making a ton of plays. You know, I mean, he's doing okay. I, I, but i got to say, it's got the last two games, the Duke game and this game, he had three I think tackles. He's, graded out, he's, he's probably three graded tackles. out a little bit higher than he has. Yeah, yeah I mean, he had three tackles. You know, he's doing okay. Yeah, we want we want to see more production out of that guy, but I just I liked what I was seeing from him on Saturday. Just in terms of production from him, I think what you see is what you're going to get at this point. I mean, it's been four years now, so 
He's never going to fulfill that five-star tag that he came into college with. That everybody does, Gary. Just look at Tracy nope. Howard. He's looking for work. Yep. On the recruiting All front, right, anything big on the recruiting front? No, it's quiet. It, very little. I said this earlier. Very little happens recruiting-wise in the middle of a football season. The, the kids that are going to commit before the season commit, and the rest they're planning to do it after. You know, very, very few. There's very little action usually in the middle of the season. Gary, how good is that tight end from the, from Las Vegas? He's great, and so is the one from Jacksonville. You're getting two elite tight ends this this, this year. We'll do pretty well. Gary, you take yep. Great talk. You, you got it, man. You got it. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, let me uh, attack one or two more of these questions, and then we'll go back to the calls. A year ago, Amon Richards lit it up. Um, is a comparison to Julio Jones-type talent fair? I, I want to say more like Reggie Wayne. I mean, Amon reminds me a lot of Reggie Wayne. Um, but he's moving. And you could put any superlatives you want. He's definitely moving in the right direction. And uh, I don't think you're going to be able to watch him for more than one more year. I'll say I'll say that right now. Um, unless his hammy <laughs> just keeps acting up on him. But uh, have the linebackers regressed a bit when it comes to tackling and gap assignment? Um, actually, there were several questions about the linebackers and, and their tackling and gap assignments. And, uh, you know, you can't disagree with that. They really, like we've been saying all night, they, they have not been playing as well as they played at most moments last year. And this is the week, I think, that they got to get it straightened out, uh, without a doubt. I mean, this is going to be the big challenge against Georgia Tech. They're going to have to defend the run almost every play. And it's, a, it's assignment football. And you can't be out of your gaps against Georgia Tech because if you are, they're going to house it. Uh, so obviously they're getting a lot of work this week and um, I have confidence that Manny Diaz will get that straightened out and they'll do a much better job of, of handling uh, the run and their assignments against Georgia Tech. All right, back out to the, uh, the phones we go. Let's go to the 985. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary Swagger for life here, man. I appreciate you answering my question. What's up, Swagger? What was your question about the linebackers? The, the, one, the one you just answered about the linebackers. Yeah, that was mine. All right. What else you got? Just a couple of things uh, just going forward. Uh, I think uh, what we need to do is just kind of stay focused. Obviously, great win at Florida State. Finally got the monkey off our back. Sorry about my voice. I'm still hoarse from yelling. I had a Florida <laughs> State fan to my left and a Florida State fan to my right when I was at the place where I was watching the game. But it was needless to say, it was sweet. <laughs> Anyway, um, I just um, I think I think this week and going forward, looking at the rest of the year, I think Ron Dugans and Mark Rick need to get DJ Dallas, Mike Harley, Jeff Thomas into a room, and really need to have like a come to Jesus meeting because we're gonna need those guys going forward with the running back situation the way it is right now. I agree with you totally. I mean, if we overuse Travis Homer and he goes down, I think we're in trouble, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I because agree. I, I mean, you know, Gray, for, for all the love everybody's giving Gray, I don't know that Gray is a guy you're going to be looking at as your number one guy, and then after that we just we don't have a whole lot. I mean, we're going to need to get creative with Thomas and Harley. They're going to have to grow up fast over these next, you know, over the rest of the season. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to need those guys. They're, they came here to be Miami Hurricanes. We, they need to contribute. Um, 
I don't know. What do you think about that? I agree. I, I think it's hard to put that kind of pressure on true freshmen. I mean, I don't think that they're not having a major impact because they don't want to. I think they want to. They're just not ready to, to. and they've got to learn how to get open. They've got to get more explosive as athletes. You know, running fast, it's not just about running fast. Um, you have to, you know, have have the strength to fight off defensive backs, to get to open spots. Um, you have to have the explosion also. And, uh, you know, I think with the little guys like Harley and Thomas, that's still a work in progress. I mean, they've come, Thomas is, to me has come a long way just when I look at him. I mean, when I watched him at the Under Armour game in December, um, he had these skinny, like skinny legs and, uh, you could see that he was fast and had ability and it was great for an all-star game or a seven on seven. I always expected him to, to struggle this year. I, you know, I didn't want to sound like the Grinch who stole Christmas all summer when everyone was going nuts on the message boards, um, over the reports that they were hearing from seven on seven workouts and stuff like that. But I, I always expected him to have a freshman year, like what he's having so far. Um, it's just not as easy as people think. So should he get more opportunities as the year goes on? No question about it. And, and, and he's going to, and I think you're going to see a progressive um, sort of nature with him where as the year goes on, he can contribute a little bit more. They got the ball once to him up at Florida state. I thought he did a good job on that play, Um, but it'll come in baby steps. Uh, You know, I don't think you're suddenly going to see him become the featured actor in the offense. Yeah, I, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't like the fact that that we're going to have to kind of lean on them uh, a, a more. I mean, that goes back to the other side of the ball. I mean, what what a couple of cars were talking about, like what's wrong with Amari Carter? What's wrong with Derek Smith? There's nothing wrong with them. They're freshmen. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it, it, it takes a while to adapt and adjust and get the scheme down and you know get get to know what you're doing out there. I mean, they'll be fine. I mean, I think they'll you know they'll progress and get better. It's just, you know, we knew coming in, like you said, we're thin, thin in the defensive backfield. We knew that coming in. Front seven was supposed to ball out and, you know, protect that back seven. Uh, I'm sorry, the back four. And the, the front seven, I mean, especially the linebackers, you know, they, they haven't played their best ball, I don't think, yet. I don't, I'm like, I'm with you. I don't think they've put it all together yet. Um, I think they can and they will over the next, you know, the rest, the rest of the season, the course of the season. But, you know, I think losing Mark Walden is huge. And uh, you know Travis Homer is going to have to carry the load now, and uh, I'm I'm not I'm not worried. Um, you know our our two our two I don't say toughest our two most important games left on the schedule. One of them's this week at Georgia Tech, and the other one's obviously November fourth at Virginia Tech at home. Those are the two games we really need to we need to be up for the most. We need to be up for them all, but you know those are the two you know with the team as far as the teams left. The teams that can challenge us the most are, are this one coming up and Virginia Tech, in my opinion. So, um, and you know, we still we have all our goals out in front of us. You know, we've never been to the ACC championship game. And as great as Florida State is, the win was, and getting the monkey off the back, and I love it. You know, I want to I want to see us in the in the ACC championship game at the end of the year. That's, that's well, they're headed in the right direction to get there. Just got to take care of business in these games coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, man, you got anything else tonight? Yeah, I'm going to make an ACC prediction. Do you mind? Go ahead. Don't be surprised. The whole world is talking about Clemson, Clemson, Clemson. 
But Kelly Bryant got hurt last week, and don't be surprised, in a few weeks, I think it's the same week we played Virginia Tech. They've got to walk into the Wolf Den over there in Raleigh, North Carolina. I watched those guys again this past week, and they almost beat them last year by a field goal. So I'm going to go ahead and call an upset alert in that game right now. Well, they're due to and lose. I'm, I'm going to say I'm going to say that NC State is going to is going to take them out come November 4th. I might be eating a lot of crow, <laughs> get a lot of crap for it. But I think I wouldn't sleep on Florida State against them either. I think Florida State can can play with them also. Well, well, maybe, maybe, but I I just think I think I think NC State can take them can take them down. Yeah, I know that's saying a lot, but I think they can. Anyway, well, I appreciate it, Gary. I appreciate it. I'm out. You got it, man. Thank you for being part of the show. Let's go to the uh, 210. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? Doing good. Who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hey, what's up, man? Go ahead, Shaq. Talk to us. Uh, Yeah, um, I was talking about um, um, the first question is um, after the game. And uh, we were talking um, about the the penalty. they threw the, uh, the, uh, the celebration penalty, correct, from the last uh-huh. day? Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. They threw the, uh, the uh, yeah. And I, why did they throw that flag? Because it was the bench, celebration. The bench emptied. The bench, the, the, the bench emptied down the sideline. and. Uh, uh-huh. Okay, so it was the bench. Yeah. So it was the bench. Okay. And, and, and also um, – you know, just about, you know, like uh, people, you know, I listen to the whole show, and people are calling, and they're saying things about, uh, even you, I, I heard you say, well, you know, um, the linebackers aren't playing that well. And and then it's like, it's like, it's like you're kind of all over the place. Because, you know, in, in one, at one point you say, well, you know, they, like, it's our fourth game. That was a tough game. And, you know, they're being put in, in, in position to where they're running themselves out of the play. It seems like it's happening a lot. And or I've seen games to where they're actually in the backfield, but they're whipping on tackles. Like, like they're missing them. It's like um, uh, this James. I mean, Quarterman ran into this guy and he bumped it off of him. If he was just wrapped up with him, he gets him down. So are they just not being taught how to tackle this year? Or they just have they forgot about it? Like, what's going on? I, I, I think that – Everything just got a little disrupted when they when they took those three weeks off. They went nine yeah. days without practice. Exactly. They went twenty one yeah. days without a game. I think everything just got thrown mm-hmm. out of whack. And mm-hmm. I, I think it's just you know the other day I think they were a little too keyed up and were overrunning some plays and things like that. They just got to mm-hmm. they got to settle down and get back to playing sound football. I think mm-hmm. it happens this week. Yeah. This is you know I, I, this week in practice. I think Manny Diaz gets them straightened out. Yeah. Um, well, the uh, I think the most important thing is the Georgia Tech game. I think that they'll get that physicality back. Are you thinking that some of the linebackers are having problems with their weight? You know, at the full a summer of being in our weight program, you think that they're no. having problems with that because they look slow? No, they're not slow. They look that's slow. not the no, nah, that's not the issue. So what's the issue? 
the the issue is they're they're just not they're not do, doing things right. They're they're not staying in their in their gaps on in certain occasions. Yeah. They're over they're overrunning plays on some occasions. They're just they're you know they're they're just not playing well. But they it could be fixed. I think they'll get it straightened out this week. Okay. All right. And, let me, let, me um, final... let me let these last few people get on and um before we go home for the night. Okay. All, All right. right. And give, yeah, give us a All call right. back next week. All right. Let's go to the uh, nine four one. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hi, Gary. This is Meister Kane. How are you? What, what, what's up, Meister? Talk to us. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm like, kind of late coming on the show here from uh, band practice. I just uh, just a couple things. Um, what is the uh, injury update on? Uh, like Sheldrick Redwine, Ron Donaldson, and uh, Red Redwine is going guys. through the um, the the um, concussion protocols. I don't know if he'll play this week. Donaldson was at practice today. Mm-hmm. He practiced in full uniform, but wore a boot on his uh, sprained ankle. Uh, so it looks like they're working him towards being able to play Saturday. Um, Richards was at practice. Uh, you okay. know, he's nursing, nursing the hamstring. He's not running full out at practice. Um, I'm sure he's hoping to play Saturday. And um, who else was there that you asked about? Oh, gosh. Oh, Amon Richards, yeah. That was his hamstring. Yeah. Richards, Donaldson, yeah. Uh, and Dee Delaney was at practice today, too. Oh, good. 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 He just had a, he just had a brace on his leg, you know, that was to protect him. But I think he'll be fine for the weekend. Oh, good, good, good. Great win against Florida State. Boy, what a relief. <laughs> yep, no What a doubt. relief. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, I'm going to sign off here and head for uh, head for the bed, and uh, I'll call you guys back next week. As always, uh, you have a great show. All right? Thank, thank you, Mike, sir, and thanks for being part of it. All right, last call of the night. Let's go out to the 310. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hello, Gary. Hello, who's this? Uh, it's Righteous Kane. What's up, Righteous? Take us yeah, home. Yeah, two quick things. Um, I was very happy with the win. Um, it was very impressive that it happened to remind me of the 2000 game that I was at in the Orange Bowl, where the minute and a half left, the team marched down to victory, and it was a beautiful thing to see. And also, I just want to real quick give credit to the 2014 recruiting class. That class, I think we're going to remember as the foundation of Lena to a third dynasty for the Kings team. A lot of those players from Langham to Rogier, Jackson, Barrios, Thomas, those guys did a hell of a job out there. And I think that we're going to look back at that 14 class as resetting and getting the, the Kings back to glory. Yeah, good point. Let's see who who was in that class I'm, uh, in total. I'm going to look at it right now. Um, Joe Brown, who's no longer here. Njoku, who was a hell of a player, obviously. Uh, Calvin Hurdaloo. He was all right. Kai Hester ended up never playing. Gayat never did anything. Demetrius Jackson was part of that class. Uh, Tyree Brady didn't pan out. He busted out Anthony Moten. Okay, so-so. Michael Weish was eh. But Berrios, Trent Harris, Chad Thomas, Malik McDermott, Rozier. McDermott, darling. Yep. Um, Trayon Gray, we'll find out this weekend. Uh, Darian Owens, Mike Smith, Langham. Jawan Young, who didn't pan out. Cortell Jenkins, who ended up transferring. Kaya, um, McDermott, Nick Linder, who wimped out of this season. 
Joe Yearby, who never yeah. should have left, Trevor Darling. But you're right, Chris Herndon was part of that class. So, yeah, it, it was a decent class, no doubt. Yeah, this class, unlike the 13 and 12 and 11 classes, didn't completely, um, you know, fall apart. Like a lot of those guys in, the, in those previous classes transferred, got kicked out, and so forth and so on. I used to always talk about all the time over the years how when you keep – if you don't have a consistent class of guys who stay in, ends up hurting the program. So this is like the first class where you're starting to see a little bit more consistency with veterans sticking around and helping contribute to the team. And the 15 class right behind them is, you know, also doing pretty good too with Norton and McIntosh, Redwine, so forth. And so Walton, of course. So you're starting to see, you know, the depth built up little by little. And the next two classes, I think, like you said, will be the thing that cements us back into a top 10 program. And hopefully in 2019, we'll win a national (laughs) championship. Yep. They're moving in the right direction, no doubt. And so what else you got it. for Thank us? You so much. That's it. All right. Thanks oh, for being it. part of the show. So All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show. All right, guys. Great show tonight. They're, obviously, everybody's very happy, which they should be. Uh, Canes gave a nice present to their fans this weekend. Got the monkey off their back. Beat Florida State. And I think that, like I said earlier in the show, Things have a tendency to be cyclical in football. And maybe, just maybe, you're seeing the the Canes cycle start to come to fruition. This team has won nine straight games. And uh, hopefully they keep it going, obviously. It would be a shame to see this thing fall apart now with so much potential for this season. So I want to thank our sponsors, um, mybookie.ag. Remember, if you go to their site, you get 100% bonus on your sign-up. Use the promo code Kane, C-A-N-E. And I want to thank, as always, the startup.com, the company created by Kane's fans, where you got to be a Kane's fan to work. And now they want to help Kane's fans and their families succeed in small business. And they give you all the tools to go to, to, to do so at their website, the startup.com. All right. I want to thank everybody who listened tonight. And um, I hope to see you at the stadium. Kane's play Georgia Tech on Saturday. The ball games just keep getting bigger as the games keep winning. So for that, with that, I'll say good night, everybody. <laughs>